Hey, good people. What's cracking? This is Shadia, Cloud9 and a Straight Shot coming to you. I hope everybody is doing good out there. I am, um, I've got a treat for you. But before we go into that, I want to say that uh, my worldwide listeners, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, things have been blowing up. It's been feeling real, real, real nice. Uh, as all of you know, we typically go every Thursday live uh, on Facebook, uh, Cloud9 and Stray Shot. I typically have my host, Akeem and Kelvo with me. Um, be sure to continue to tune in every Thursday live. Uh, Shadia Powell on Facebook, S-H-A-D-I-A, last name Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L. Um, but you know what? This is, this is actually the reason I'm here. This is why I started podcasting. Uh, for inspirational guests like the guests I have coming up, like literally, like I don't, I, I almost don't want to announce it. It's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. You know, you guys, y'all got that good, good. When you got that good, good, it's good. It's like, it's amazing. And so I really am very, so very appreciative of uh, this, this young man coming in today um, to cloud nine in a straight shot right here in the studio. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Let me see if he'll say a little something, something. Just, just, just let him hear your voice, just first. Just. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, what's funny is there is no way possible I'm going to be able to top that introduction. It's like, <laughs> like I need to record that and just have that before I do anything. You know, just play it. You know, even in my car, if I step out my car, just press play. Just wait until that introduction finishes, just, and I just, step out like. <laughs> You, it, was it that bomb? Was oh, it that bomb? Not, I don't even want to tell him who it is yet. I, I, I can't. feel special in this piece. Do you I'm feel saying. special? Like, is it, it, it really? You know what? No, real talk. It's African American Appreciation Music Month. And uh, uh, I, you guys know that I'm a real, real uh, music head. Like, from funk, jazz, blues, soul. Uh, man, I think I'm even listening to country, man. Like, it's just. That's amazing. Isn't it? Isn't it? But I want to tell you guys. Let me get loud for two seconds. Y'all know I'm loud anyway. Because did I introduce myself? Shadia, a.k.a. Uptown Judy Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm about to get real loud because it, it's excitement in this studio. And actually, what's most amazing at that is that this is my first musical guest. And wow, what an honor and what a pleasure to say that we have Mr. Eric Pick Funk Smith in the building. Hey, I'm honored to be the first. You know, there will never be another first. So yeah, you know, right? I'm honored. You know, that's that's big that you even reached out and asked me to do this. So I'm truly honored. No, nah, on the Thank real, you. on the real. I'm 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 honored. I I mean, and and then it's just it's just timing and, and energy. And I just really appreciate you. I know you're on tour, doing all types of things, and I just really appreciate you. Uh, Man, just saying, okay, I, I'll do it, you know, and just being so humble. But we'll talk about that humility later because I, I have a lot to say about that. But uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Bless you. Well, <laughs> bless you. Welcome to the show, Mr. Eric Pickfunk Smith. You know, I like that name. When we, when we start there, there's so much to talk about in relation to you. How are you doing today, actually? Are you doing good? You good? I'm actually amazing. I've had a great day, uh, great tour, great week off. So all is well. You're off week. I like it. Yes. I like it. I like it. Off weeks. Uh, you, do you rest? Do you sleep on your off weeks? What do you do? You know, I actually came home on Monday, on Memorial Day, actually. So my son has this bright idea. He's like, hey, Dad, I want a barbecue. So, you know, 
know, because I got this new grill or whatever. Go so. ahead with the grill. Yeah, so he's like, Dad, I want I want a barbecue, Dad. So <laughs> can you just get it started for me? And then, I'm like, all right, cool. So I start the grill. We go get the meat and all this. Kind of, actually, he, let me take that back. He wouldn't got the meat, so. Uh, oh, this a good son. This son, this baby. Well, oh, he's so good, amazing. Uh, it's, it's his friends. Oh, I, he invited all these people <laughs> over, so why am I going to You go probably would have grilled for him, you listen, know. Listen, the dude's like, I want a barbecue, so what should I get? So I tell him what to get. He, him and his girlfriend went to the store. Next thing I know, I start the grill. <laughs> he in the house playing dominoes That's with, what his, I'm with s- his peeps. <laughs> So he didn't barbecue anything. I'm on the grill. I figured you would be. I on my tra- my be. travel day home, I come home on Memorial Day and I'm barbecuing. So about that rest thing. And he probably bought the good stuff, the ribs. Nah, the, 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 don't see, tell me it was hot dogs. Nah, you see, you hot dogs? See, you can't do ribs because of the simple fact that by the time I got home, ribs take too long. If you do ribs right, you do. <laughs> it's like, a, I mean, that's like a three and a half hour process real time. It really is. Absolutely. It so really you can't is. just put them on a coal and just say you know, we we gonna eat in thirty minutes. Don't work like that. That is hilarious. But so that it, it went all well. I, I presume. Oh, absolutely. It's See, that's a nice happy. thing to be welcome home to after you get home from a long tour. It would have been very nice if if I'd have you know been chilling and got fed, if you will. But that wasn't the case. <laughs> I love my family to death. So, I'm sure you know, it worked good. out. I'm sure it worked out. But I, I'm glad you had a good day. I'm glad. Welcome. I hope you had a happy Memorial Day. But, you know, I want to dive in because it's, like I said, once again, it, it really is an honor to have you here, uh, Mr. Smith. And, uh, you know, um, you know, as I say, for me, especially right now, it's just very important for us to continue to put that soul and that funk music uh, out there and continue to, uh, uh, you know, put that legacy out there. And I think that you are part of that legacy. And I first want to start off as how, how did you get that name? Pick funk. I mean, funk. OK, so here's what happened. See what happened. Here we was, go. What happened? <laughs> how my so, life is set up. Yeah. So basically, uh. There were, you know, I grew up playing quartet music with my dad. So there's a lot of stuff that, you know, cats were doing. Like this dude, Richard Wallace, who was the bass player for the Mighty Clouds of Joy. And he had this very famous bass line that he used to play. And he had a technique where he used a, um, a thumb pick and his first finger. And he would do this bass line. It's hard to, you know, explain it over the radio or whatever. So I couldn't pull it off. So, and I tried to wear a thumb pick and I hated the way it felt on my thumb. So, I just started playing with a guitar pick at that point. And so, Get out of here. Not yeah. the guitar pick. <laughs> yeah, wow. So, so, and I was able to, you know, to cop what he was doing. And so what I would start doing after that is like most bass lines that people will play with their thumb, I'll play with a pick. And so, um, and I kind of bit off a of oh, DOA. Wow. Like D- Derek Allen, that's my oh, big let's brother. Oh, We'll be you know, talking about Derek oh, Allen. Yeah, in I this. can talk about Derek forever. But, um, <laughs> so Derek used to do this thing. He played with a penny. That was funk. It was the funkiest thing I ever heard in my life. It's like, you know, so, um, so, you know, I, I kind of bit a vibe, if you will. And so, um, so I was just playing a lot of funk stuff that just, you know, that sound like funk. Yeah. Funk stuff with a pick. And so this one of the homies in Oakland was like, pick funk. And I was like, Oh, he's like, no, nah, man. It's like you playing that funk with a pick. Oh, this so. is one of the random homies just yeah. said that. Yeah, so he and got, you know that's a vibration. That's the energy he's feeling. That that means you was really funking it up. Yeah, so so it stuck. You know what I mean? And then, like, believe it or not, I don't even play with a pick anymore because You're no, hold on. This so I'm on tour with Tevin Campbell back in the day. Like this is like '94. Oh right? man, so, Tevin! Shout out to Tevin Campbell. Yeah, so. <laughs> 
So, um, a matter of fact, Derek um, DOA used to play with Tevin, and so he dipped to do something else. So, Chucky Booker called me in to do that because Chucky was the MD at the time. Mm-hmm. So, I'm playing with a pick on this thing um, round and round. It was Tevin Campbell, Boys to Men, and Babyface. So, one of the cast in Babyface band basically was like, yo, man, man, you sound like DOA. But, oh. but, but if I want DOA, I'm gonna call DOA, not you. Not oh my! You know? God. But that must have been a compliment because you. It was initially because I looked. I, I mean, I've always looked up to D. That's my bro. He's yeah. like one of the baddest dudes to ever pick up a bass, in my opinion. So, but then what it told me is like, man, you got to get your own thing, you know, because yeah, your like, own flow. Yeah, so, I get it. So I put the pick down. And I just started vibing off off of me. Like, I wouldn't even listen to other bass players at that point. Just like, you know. I'll yeah, get, I'll one get sound. My, yeah, I'd get in my room, and, like, I would listen to records. And then, like, okay. So, like, put- who were your influences at the time? Like, when you was just said, hey, I'm going to go off my own vibration. I don't want to be just, you know, people look at me like DOA, even though I look up to DOA. Who were your influences at the time? Well, believe it or not, I he was the only one that I really listened to. So, that's wow. why I sounded so much like him. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point... Anything D did, like I would come to D's house and just literally watch him play. And he'd be like, man, play something. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I was just like in awe of how dope he was. But um, but the type of stuff I was listening to, like I love Commission. You know, Commission was a gospel thing. Fred, uh-huh. ha- Fred Hammond was the bass player. Oh, man, Fred um, Hammond, man. Yeah, people sleep it, on him as a bass yeah, player. Yeah, because I don't see him play. For, ba- for Over the years, I haven't seen him play bass as much. Yeah, you know, because he's, he's know, a front man. Thing. Yeah, yeah, front but, man. Uh-huh. Uh, Fred was a bad dude. Um and I was in a funk stuff like Cameo, Aaron Mills. Oh, um, Cameo. Yep, okay, Slay. what's the first song? You got to tell the first song you played from Cameo. Listen, how about this? The first song that I ever learned how to play? Yeah. Was She Strange for a talent show Ooh, at my school. That, that, hey. That was the first bass line I ever You learned. know that song. That's from. Yeah. First thing, I mean, two strings, but that was all. First song I learned how to play. And so then, you know, Slave, obviously. Oh, Slave, you know, um, man. Um, then anything, you know, like Oakland stuff, you know, Graham Central Station, Larry I've Graham. I've watching you, watching my... Yeah, did you play yeah. do that? <laughs> you oh, did yeah, it no, all, probably. No, I was, like, crazy in that then, you know, um, all of the... Um, the Sly and Family Stone. So like, you figured at that time you were a funk artist. You weren't listening to a lot of R and B. You were just like all funk, like Sly Stones, you know, the Larry Grahams, and yeah, you know. And see, I think I gravitated towards stuff that was bass heavy, and even even like if I went back to like some old school Motown stuff. Oh wow, stuff that like. You knew someone's the baseline. It can yeah. be something as simple as my girl. Doom, doom, boom, boom, yeah. boom, 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 yeah. boom. Or, um, or like what's going on, like those Marvin Gaye records, you know, that was like, like if you mute the bass, the song is whack. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, if so, you mute the bass, yeah, oh, it's whack. Yeah, so you would listen to a lot of James Brown then too. There's oh, a lot of- Oh, Collins, come yeah, on, that, like, And that Donny Hathaway, his ba- his bass player, you know, they hey, they absolutely. got a lot of, lot of influences there. Absolutely. So when did you first pick up the bass? I mean, when did this all start? When did it begin? Well, when I got serious on the bass, I was in high school. So because- Wow, I, okay, kind of late start a little bit. Yeah, because I was a drummer. I st- Get out of here. I started playing drums when I was five, and I was playing- you know, my dad's group and like, you know, I guess I sucks. So my dad would just holler at me the whole time. Oh. Like, like, you're dragging, you're dragging. You, know, was you was just of, back there happy to be playing. Yeah, yeah, but you know, but my brother, you know, he was like, um, my brother started on bass. So I was playing drums. Then my brother ended up switching to guitar and my dad was playing bass. And so, you know, I was just like, yo, man, 
I hate getting yelled at on the drums. Whatever. <laughs> then I would then I would come because um there's a guy out here named Flip Kirby. Oh, Flip, I've heard of Flip. Yeah, you know? Flip Kirby. Uh huh. So him and DOA were playing in the same group, the Pearly Gates. Yeah. So I'm a kid. And I'm looking at them. They bass and drum duo. Like, woo, they killing. So I was like, man, I wanna. I don't she, know how to play bass. And my dad was like. Focus on one thing at a time. You can't play drums. So you, know? you just dropped the drums and was like, hey, here I am. How about this? Like my first bass, I kid you not, I did a um a 30-day layaway that probably took me about five months to get. Wow. You know, I'm talking about like I ain't had no I ain't had no bread. I'm going to a music store like, yo, can I put three dollars on my bass? Layaway. No, I'm literally like, I want to put two dollars on my bass. Go ahead and do that. That's and, see, and that's so, what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's passion. Yeah, it got to the point they're like, hey man, why don't you just save up your money and then you know when you're ready to pick it up? I'm like, no, nah, I want to spend it. I'm I'm taking lunch money to the music store, like real talk. Are you <laughs> wait? Yeah. So I got my first bass when I was 15. It was a it was a white Ibanez. Don't tell. So that's when you started playing at 15. That's when I got. See, I mean, I can call myself a bass player and I own a bass. Wow, though that you know what I would almost consider that a later start. So at fifteen, did you start gigging right away? You started in church with your papa, I imagine, yeah. right? Yeah. So though, I mean, I can't call you know gigs that I'm doing for free gigs. You know, I was playing, <laughs> playing with dad. You know, so you're I just mean, happy I, to be playing. Absolutely. So that that was like my that good my, old four string. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where it started, and um, from there, and I kid you not, uh, the career just happened. You know, well, like I oh was, my gosh. It wasn't on my radar. I didn't I didn't pick up a bass like, yo, man, I wanna I wanna play in front of thousands of people. I was cool being a hometown hometown hero, like, you know, some that one dude in the corner, like, woo, he's the hotel. You know, I <laughs> and was that cool was with that. you. Absolutely. So basically when you started at fifteen, I'm imagining because where are you from? Let's Oakland. tell the tell the audience where you're from. Born and raised in Oakland on Seminary oh, Avenue. The Yay area. What you know about it? Hey, I'm from the Yay myself. Okay. I'm from Fillmore. I'm from San Francisco. Okay. I'm Frisco. But my grandma stayed right off of MacArthur. Okay. For many right. years. So we Oakland too. We I used Oakland. to live at live off MacArthur as a kid. Like, um, was it sixty third MacArthur? Right yes. across from the cemetery. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not too far. Yeah. Yeah. We hey, Oakland was a hey, Oakland is still the spot. The Oakland is still the spot. But do you feel like uh that Oakland influence really helped you? Because I, one thing I will say about Oakland, it's like California is probably Atlanta, DC, Chicago, Detroit. Detroit, Absolutely. you know, because I feel like that there's a lot of soul. Oakland is a Oakland. mecca for funk. Let me say that. Yeah. And, and Oakland ha- definitely has a sound, you know, that a lot of people ended up copying and didn't even know they were copying it. It's almost wow. like, it's almost like, you know, when people thought that Phil- Philadelphia had a sound like, Yo, yeah, man. they did. They but, Philadelphia. Well, but I, technically it was Dilla. It was, you know it's what true. I mean? It's it, true. Which was Detroit. That's and true. So like, that's true. Like all that unquantized stuff when Quest loved them started doing it, but yeah. Quest gave it up. Yeah. You know, Quest was like, yo, this is, you know, this Dilla's is not- inf- influence, whatever. But a lot of people thought that that, that that was a sound. Now, Philly does have a sound. Don't get it twisted. They do. I mean, some of my favorite musicians in the world are from Philly. Like, well, you almost say everybody have it. Ohio, you know, that oh, gives a Cleveland, you know, certain areas, oh, regions. That, yeah, yeah, you get uh, there. Roger and Zap, yeah, you know? Yeah, um, there's a lot of, yeah, yeah so. there's a lot of history. And, and, and Oakland, I just feel like, I mean, you know, to be able to be raised in Oakland. So you was playing at what church in Oakland? You remember your church, your papa's church? Free gift missionary Baptist church. <laughs> Free gift. Okay. Yep. And so when did you, as, as, a, as a young boy, decide, you know, from 15, you know, because a lot of times, you know, back then, hey, because, you know, we playing at church, they'd be like, you're not playing no funk or R&B up out of here. Oh, but think about it. I'm, I'm going to tell you what's crazy is, like, I hated playing quartet music growing up. Oh, say it ain't so. Yeah, if because I'm gonna tell you what it was like. So 
quartet is so guitar driven. Uh huh. It was almost like my oh, bro- rhythm. Mm-hmm. Like my brother was the one that got all the amens. Let's he talk about the brother. The brother like, was out here. Can who tell the tell the audience who your brother uh, is? Jubu John Jubu Smith. That's oh, my that's man. My big one bro. of the coldest. One of the coldest. Yeah, he, yeah he's ridiculous. I give it up for him. And that's your older brother. That's your big big brother. Yeah, my only bro. Only bro. Wow. I mean, DOA might as well be my brother too, but like the. The one that came out my mom, that's Jubu. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. so y'all both, hey, so basically when he started out playing guitar as well, I imagine so you guys were just jamming together in yeah. on that scene in Oakland. Yeah, he well, he started on bass, but um, he switched to guitar. But, um, yeah, so we were doing a, the whole quartet thing. But but Jubu was a little more, um, he had he had more, more stuff that he was listening to. Like, Jubu loves reggae music, like, he loves blues. Like even as a, as a teenager, Jubu wasn't even old enough to be in a club. But he would go to the spot um, down by the lake. It's closed now. It's called Fifth Amendment. Uh huh. And then there's a, another. I've club heard of Fifth Amendment. Uh-huh, right around the corner, Serenader. Mm-hmm. Oh and, yeah, Serenade. Oh man, that was yep. the spot. Yep. So he would be going. In All there. the motorcycles up front though. Absolutely. <laughs> so Jubu would be like, "Hey man, I'm about to go play." Jubu might leave the house at eight thirty. You see him at one thirty. Man. Teenager. But it's like, I mean, he was gaining some stuff, you know. So like. Yeah, he's he's been a dude. So but yeah. he loves he loves his, his guitar and like most most of the time he loves driving long distances. Like he'll drive from like he would literally wake me up at three o'clock in the morning. Ae, on my way to Seattle. Oh wow! He just hop in the car and like, man. But he's writing music as he's driving. So he must have been a lot of your influence then too. Then growing up. Yeah, I, I believe it or not, even though he's my brother, I was more of a fan. Yeah. Like, you know, I wow. was so proud of my brother because yeah. he started playing with Tony, Tony, Tony in like 89. Oh, man. And, so, and you know what? I, yeah. Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah. Oakland. Man, they repped Oakland. Like, absolutely. I mean, and we were proud actually being from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. We were just proud of the Tonys and to see that black imagery and to see a known band out there just killing it. Absolutely. It was crazy. It was crazy. And it was a phenomenon, actually. It just happened. Yep. And everybody in the, in the band was cold. Yeah. But... Role players like you know, like my role is to sit here and hold us down on the on the one drummer. <laughs> drummer um's job is to hold us down or whatever. Jubu and Dwayne, they guitar, so they got a little more yeah. freedom. So but, you were holding down in that band? No, no. Elijah Baker was the bass player. Okay. And, um, Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh huh. But you know, after you know, yeah, I was thinking spread, maybe fill ins. You didn't get no fill in spots. Oh no, it was later. You know, this, okay, I much mean, years I can't, later. Yeah, I can't even call out the Tonys what yeah. I played with. That was like the phonies. You yeah, know, the. Fo- I, no, I'm joking. No, I mean, because, like, to me, like, Sadiq is the voice. He is. So he if is. it's not Sadiq, you know what I mean? It's like. I, yeah, a lot of people will say that because they're yeah. touring. A lot of the Tonys are doing stuff without Sadiq now. Right. But. And and a- Amar, that's the homie, too. Great. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's like, yeah. like I mean, you can't replace the DNA, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get so it. it's like, you know, to me. If, that's if, like Cameo taking out Larry Blackman. You know, it'd be like, done. You're absolutely. done. Absolutely. You're now, done. And even like you know, Zap is doing shows without Roger. Obviously, he's he's deceased. But yeah, it's like it's great as his son is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still it's yeah. it's not Roger. Yeah, it's like Family you know? Stone. It's almost like Sly to me still because I they they hold it down the family. You know, yeah. but still, it's a difference. But in right. terms of you, so when was your what was your first club gig out of the Bay Area? My first club gig. Wow. Um, if you remember, I know it's like you like wow. Where was what? Where was I? Who gave you your first break in that club out of the out of Papa's church? I think <laughs> it might have been Fifth Amendment. Honestly, wow. I think it might have like this cat Lloyd Gregory, guitar player. So, um, you know, I would I would go sit in at a club here and there, uh-huh. but jam I, sessions or something like that. Not really jam sessions. Like it might be 
you know, somebody's night. And I'm, I just end up there and like, hey, man, you want to play a song? Wow. Like, sure. You know. Like, and, no um, problem. Yeah. So, But we, obviously your name was, it was getting around him because people knew your family probably, right. I'm imagining. Yeah. You know, big fam. Do you have a big family or come from a small family? You know, most of my family is on the East Coast. Like my, okay. like my mom's side of the family is, um, they're from Mississippi, but they live in um, like Jersey. Oh, they Southerners. So, yes. Absolutely. Everybody Love can it. cook. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, but out here, you know, my my um, family was kind of small. Like me and my brother grew up, you know, with my mom and my dad pretty much. And then I had cousins, you know, mm-hmm. that um, like one of my cousins sung with my dad's group. So, but it was... It was kind of small. It wasn't, you know, like a crazy big family. Man, but 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 that first club gig, gig though came in. I bet y'all your family showed up. Did they show up and oh, show no, out? No. Nah. <laughs> Believe it or not, like, my parents never came to see me play at clubs. Well, they didn't, well, they didn't approve of you playing the aura and being fun. No, nah, it wasn't that. Like, my, like, I'll tell you this. My parents were always super proud of me, you know, um, of my accomplishments. But, like, when, when I did big gigs, you know, like, like even if it was a Yoshi's, like we're legally blind. My mom literally loses her voice because she's the loudest thing in there. Yeah, you know? she's screaming. Yes. yes, that's my baby. Right, that's so, my baby. <laughs> but, but my dad, on the other hand, like he came a couple of times. Like matter of fact, he got on stage with us one time at Yoshi's, and it was like that was ridiculous because I mean my pops can go like vocally. Like pops was a singer. Yeah, you, I, know? you know I saw some of those Facebook videos. I can kind of see like, hey, oh no, the videos that you saw that was that was. Oh, that like literally that that one video that you're talking about, we hadn't actually sung together in probably close to ten years. Oh my god! Because you know my brother moved to L.A. Yeah, and so y'all was know, all doing your own thing. Everybody doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. So so the group kind of dismantled. But um, we all happened to be in Oakland this one day, and my mom was having this program at the church. She was like, "Hey, y'all should come sing." And so I'm like, "All right, cool." No so called Jubal. He was like, "Let's do it." Call my cousin. Come on, dad. And it's like, a family right. affair now. Yeah, so like little, we hadn't we hadn't played in so long that we got up there. You know, we was rusty, you know. So like even after the fact, we was like, "Yo, man!" Like this one thing that me and Jubal was doing at the end of the song, we was like, "Yo, man!" We was just so excited to be playing it together again. We should have stayed on that one groove that we was on. We should, we, like when we changed, that's, it, it kind of went. That's how you know, know it's a family full of creatives. Yeah. Y'all talking about we should have did that. We should have did that. Did yeah, it? We should have. We should have kept it on the one because like the way we think, like with a with a groove, it's almost like, like I mean, you ever made grits or something like that? Oh, of course, grits. Come okay. on. Dude. All right, so you know how like you put the you put the grits in the hot water and it's like. And you ain't got to add none, but the more you stir it, it get thicker. It get thicker and thicker. That's how that groove is. So the folk was the groove was getting just like if thick. You, if you just keep it right there, oh, it's that like, groove it's stay, grow. stay right in the pocket. Yeah, you don't move. Grow. It's so, a, it be on the one two, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we changed. You know, we got excited. You know, because like, ooh, this feel good. We're like, yeah, we should have stayed there, bro. <laughs> but that, you know, it, that's so amazing to come from. So I'm imagining that everyone in your family was musical or create, a creative, whether an artist or you know, playing an instrument of some sort, right? It's absolutely scary though because like i have cousins you know on the east coast you know like like jermaine lumsey robert lumsey lindell lumsey you know oh dudes and singing matter of fact matter of fact um robert and jermaine and my cousin red they were d'angelo's background singers on like for the last like three four or five years the coldest then they singing hey you you know and then like uh, my aunt's um, and it's funny you say that because I was just listening to the background singers on all of the Angelo stuff. They bad. Yeah, the Lumsey like sisters. Cold. Like my aunts, like my mom's sisters, like ridiculous. Oh, mom like, was singing too. What? So you had mom singing at the church. My aunts. You had your papa, y'all, well, you had your aunts out there singing. 
Mm-hmm. You had your pops playing. Yep. And then you and your brothers are just you you guys, just siblings, just two. Bro- it's just me and my bro. But all your cousins. Yeah, but now I do have two sisters. Like, I have a sister in Shreveport and I have another sister in Oakland. But they weren't part of the music. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So, they were just fans. They're like, my, ba- my baby brother, my baby brother. All right. All right. right. <laughs> yeah. My big brother, you know. Yeah, but like, no, nah, that, um, my sisters are amazing. But so. I, I want to talk about, uh, pick if you don't mind, the, the transition from you as, you know, starting at 15 and then going into, uh, uh, you know, getting that first break. Because, you know, you know, a lot of times, you know, folks play, you never, like you said, you said when you picked up the bass, you didn't think that you would be out here playing like, you know, everywhere. You know, you're just like, man, I'm just happy to be playing in my, my papa's church, by my, my family. Right. So when did you say in your mind that, you know what, actually, I got something? Believe it or not, it was more, more so other people seeing something in me. That oh, wow. I wasn't tripping. Like, I was totally cool and content where I was. You know, I was going to have a regular job like everybody else and and enjoy life. But uh, Did you start one of them regular jobs before you transitioned over to something major? Believe it or not, I was working at UC Berkeley in food service. Go ahead now. Getting them college students, them, them, them burritos, those no, no, frozen no, no, no. burritos. No, like, my job was, like... I was barbecuing outside of. Um, I'm a holler. No, in the court area, like I barbecue for the for the lunchtime, and I hated it because I'll get smoke in my eyes every time I came. But home, it was I'll probably like so smoke. good at barbecue. You put it I, down. You know, I knew what I was in doing. In the a campus, bit. you know, I knew, you- I knew what I was doing a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but I hated it. So something happened at at the job that you know I had to tell my mom I quit. You know, basically, you know, not not to get in into nothing crazy, mm-hmm. but basically, I'm outside doing my job. Somebody, like, you know, had an accident on the inside, and so it was something that was really disgusting on the inside that my boss came outside and got me time. I'm going to take over for you. I need you to go clean that up. Oh, oh, And, yeah. and you're talking about all these other people that are working inside, you know, that weren't black, if you will. Um, and so you're going to pass by all of them and come out here and tell me to go clean it up? I'm like, no, nah, that's not happening. And he's like, so you, you're saying you're not going to do it? I'm like, I'm absolutely not going to do it. So yeah, like, that's not happening. Yeah, so, so that it's probably in that moment. So that was my last. You day. was like, "That's it." That was my last day. So me and my base, we we friends now. Listen, <laughs> my mom used to have to make me put it down. <laughs> so you just shedding. You was shedding a lot. Oh, you was man, basically I'm, was shedding a lot. Like and even even like you know when I would get. But see, what's funny is like if I go on social media now and I watch what the cats are doing, it's like it's a lot of information out there. Like you know, people are just like playing stuff that's. Absolutely incredible, but remember when I was coming up, I didn't have social media. You didn't have I had records. You had you had uh, you know what? And that that authenticity is probably why you're at where you're at now. And listen, it's that's like, amazing. It was about making a song feel good. So I tried to you know like like I would you know add my thing, but when I say add my thing, that wasn't information. Yeah. That was just add my feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think you know I think that. That has helped me because I was, since I grew up on quartet stuff that I hated, I think the quartet has made me the bass player that I am because mm-hmm. it's like cats that come from that. It's a, it's and a you were listening category. to DOA, you were saying. Absolutely. And for the audience, for the worldwide listeners, uh, again, if you're, you're tuning in now, you are listening to Cloud Nine and a Stray Shot. We are here with the uh, incomparable uh, Eric Pickfunk Smith. And uh, he actually doesn't even like me saying incomparable because he's such a he's such a humble soul but we'll get into that but in saying that let's move on so 
let's talk about let's move on let's move on let's move on to the break I want to know when that big break happened when you said I'm done with Berkeley that's it that's it we're done you were shedding you're listening to DOA and for the audience let's tell them who DOA is Derek uh, DOA Allen Derek Allen is an amazing like I can't even call him a bass player because he's like a complete musician I do play some guitar too it's like he produces you and know, who was a, he to you Oh, he's like my big bro. Yeah. You know, like literally like my big bro. I mean, probably taught me more off the base than on it. You know, just like how to carry myself, you know, like how to get a gig, how to keep a gig. You know what I mean? And so. Uh, Those are important. Yeah. But it's like, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't go audition for me. You know, he could like throw me the bone. But it's like, yo, man, you, I mean, you got to take it and run. So, so basically DOA introduced me to Chucky Booker, who was like, I mean, another idol of mine. So, oh, my goodness. So my first big gig. Was Sheila E. So how did you meet DOA if you don't? How, I mean, how through, did through quartet because like my the, dad, like uh, my dad had the Sons of Zion. Uh-huh. D- DOA is playing with the Pearly Gates, and like um, Benny McLean was the leader of the Pearly Gates, and him and my dad were really close. Oh, so, wow! You know, through the music or whatever. So mm-hmm. like literally, we met because of the music. Each other's mutual, yeah. The music, but yeah. pop both they pop your pops and his pops was hanging out. Yeah, well, they it, were cool. That, it was like like Benny McLean wasn't wasn't Derek's pops, but it was like. Like that father figure. Gotcha. You know what I gotcha. mean? So, yeah, and you like, needed it. Yeah. So back uh, in the day in Oakland, Bay Area. Yeah. Needed, so mm-hmm. yeah. So so that was so that was you know the connection, but uh, but over the years it just grew. Like we just became like super duper close or whatever. And so like um, so he he made the introduction with Chucky Booker, and Chucky was actually over Sheila E's audition. In 92. Oh, my so, goodness. You yeah. wait a minute. You talking about a blessing upon blessing. Yeah. Let's but. back. So you just so DOA came to you and said, hey, there's a well, he introduced you to Chucky Booker, basically. Right. So um, I met Chucky when Derek because Derek did the Rhythm Nation tour with Janet. Yeah, I were a. Hey, I followed Janet, and I've told many people. I I have actually followed Janet from the beginning. Janet Jackson. Yeah, that that band was. Yeah, like, I remember. Listen, that the band coldest was, band I know. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. And she so. was one of the only few on a major tours like that doing full bands, like full big productions like that, with, right? With bands, right? And and with serious MDs, it was going down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so craziness. So basically, uh. So so D made the connection when I was like, yo, man, um, Ashley is um, auditioning a band. You should check it out. So I'm like, all right, cool, man. So, you know, so I go to um, L.A., me and my brother drive down, and I knew the songs that they were auditioning. Like, it was um, Love Bazaar and Glamorous Ooh, Life. So, the coldest song. So you knew ahead of time when you, before you went in yeah, knew, you, went yeah, in, you knew that they were going to audition this. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so what the cold part was, so – me and my brother drive down there and you know, I didn't get called in right away. And it was so, it was like a cattle call. How I'm many talking, people you think I would like real talk. I would say, um, cause it was two days. It was in LA and Oakland. Oh, wow. 80 bass players. Easy. It, That's and, unbelievable. And I'm talking about bad pe- bass players, people too. that I've seen on Arsenio and David Letterman and you know, all, you know, late night TV Come that on. I'm seeing. I mean, these dudes are already established and I'm like, Oh, man. How old were you? Twenty. Wait. Um, wow. Twenty-two. So you were up against some some seasoned vets, vets oh, that had already been okay. Absolutely. So, like, with your white four-string bass. Listen, I told like, like me and my brother are sitting out there at Third Encore. I'll never forget. And I was like, "Hey, man, dude, let's go." He, he's like. 
What you mean, let's go? Oh, bro, I done drove five hours. Come, oh, you playing? <laughs> you playing? I was like, I'm like, man, I, man, I ain't getting this gig, man. All of all these dudes, and so I never forget. Chucky comes out, and he's like, Yo, what's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Like, you ready? And, so and he my, seems like he would be really a nice guy. Oh, too. amazing! Like, just so amazing cool, dude. man. Um, like amazing. Yeah, dude. I met That's him, like, and one of, one of the baddest MDs I've ever worked with, worked with in my life. So, so my brother's like, Yo, man. Man, man, he all scared, man. Like, don't want to play. Tell me, let's go home. And Chucky was like, "Man, you tripping, man?" It's like, man, man, DOA told me you about to kill it, man. I was like, I say, man, I don't know about it. He say, man, like, what you hearing out here? I say, man, man. Can't so say- wait a minute. Let me set this up. You you were actually listening to the the, the guys that were you were auditioning again. Well, I was outside the door, but you could hear. You can hear. Oh yeah. wow! So um, that's you know, crazy. Because they hadn't called me in yet, and so so he was like, man, what you what you hearing out here? I was like, man, casting there killing. He's killing like, it. So then he was like, he said, man, you hear anybody grooving though? Oh, wow. And I was That's like, your brother talking. That's Chucky. Chucky talking. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, I really say, man, you hear, I know you're hearing a lot of notes. He say. So he said, keep it in he, the groove. He say, he say, go in there and give her that quartet. You'll be fine. Wow. So, so the quartet that you could not really stand listen, doing the music. Here listen, we go. That that actually <laughs> Listen, like I like I kid you not. Like so <laughs> Oh my goodness. So I'm so I'm nervous initially, right? Mm-hmm. And so so you know, Love Bazaar was literally, if you think about it like this, technically two notes. So here's the first one. Boom 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 doom 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 so that's the whole baseline. So, but if you remember the record, because Prince, yeah. Prince playing bass on there, so it, like every now and then he he ask some. Yeah, he was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Prince. So yeah, he was in the groove, almost like a guitar on bass. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, so what I did first time, I played super simple, and then she would come over by me and be like, "Give me something," and then I give her something, and she and I could tell that she dug it, and so then I got real comfortable. I was like, okay, she she's actually, you know, feeling. Because so, you stayed in that pocket in that yeah. groove, just like Chucky told you to. Hey, but I'm, but I'm gonna tell you what what actually got me the gig is because like I got so comfortable that it was like almost like oh yeah I'm like I started feeling like I don't care who coming here now it could be Marcus Miller this is my gig you know what I mean <laughs> oh, and so man, like, yeah. so, like so basically. Um, it got to a point she was like I want to hear no more bass players so like she was auditioning wait after everybody. you played she said that's it. So she was like um, auditioning other keyboard players, guitar players, drummers, or whatever, and she had people coming in. And so, um, so I say I'm gonna try something. And so, I literally changed the whole baseline. Um, one time we did it. So, um, oh my! So what song were you transitioning from? No, it was it was still Love Bazaar. Oh, so, it's still Love Bazaar. Okay, you went yeah. into something else. Yeah. So another baseline. So I said a doom 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 doom. So I was like. Yeah, see that's that. Yeah, that's that And just like stayed there, and so as soon as I did, she came back like, "Woo, something folky in here." So then, yeah. So then she was like, "Okay, I got to do this other audition in Oakland because I'm still not sold on a band, but I need you. I want you to come play." And so I'm like, all right. So Wait, so you went from her to the, the, the other audition? Yeah, but it was like two days later. And so, but she, you know, she was like, Because you, know. you guys drove up to the one in L.A., the audition right. in L.A. Got right. you. Because had I known there was going to be an audition in Oakland, I would have just You would have done Oakland. Exactly. Yeah, so, um, Oak. uh-huh. so, you know, did that one. In. So you were just a young buck, 22, 
went yeah. in there with Sheila E. So she transitioned you over there. You went to to L.A. with her. I mean, to Oakland with her, basically back to your hometown. I understand. She she locked in a keyboard player. I'm imagining from Oakland. Yep. Um, matter of fact, this cat named Paisley was playing keys from Oakland. Um, the drummer was from Oakland, Richard Guan, who played with the Whispers forever. You know, so so it was a solid band. Bobby G was playing with me. Bobby Gonzalez. Yeah, Bobby G was playing with and and I gotta say, like, man, them dudes were jerks. <laughs> Bobby, Wait a minute. Bobby G. Wait. No, nah, I love Bobby For G. For our worldwide <laughs> listeners, Bobby G, go ahead and tell me who Bobby Gonzalez is. No. He's a local from Sacramento out here, but hey, he's not from Sac, though, right? Man, I can't even call him a local, man. Bobby's, he's not a local. Bobby's he's a legendary. Like, oh, he's legend. Like, Morris Day in the Time, you yeah. know. Karen He's a seasoned White. musician. Yeah. He just happens to reside locally. We're blessed to always have the legends yeah. residing locally. No, Bobby's a bad dude, but like what it was. Wow. So like at that Oh, at that he time, was probably the coolest ever because his vibe, man. Bobby give a vibe, man. That dude got, he's a star. No, I th- think about Bobby. Bobby's one of those dudes like if you whack, he going to tell you you whack. Yeah. I mean, and so at that point, I didn't understand like tone and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like. You know, as long as it was my bass was loud, had a lot of bottom and a lot of high end, I thought I was in there. But he's like, "Yo, man, your tone is horrible, man. Your amp sound like you got a quilt on it." You know, <laughs> and so, so literally, I got beat up so bad on that gig. It wasn't just him; wasn't just him. You know, everybody else was like, you know. But you or, like, you know, it's good for folks to keep a real trill on there, on the, absolutely, because the that 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 develops you as a player. I'm imagining, and I'm and I'm glad it happened early because you know between him and the cat telling me that I sound like DOA and all that kind of stuff, like you know. That happened in ninety and ninety four. So that's yeah. like a two over a two year period. I'm just I'm just having cats like, yo, man, if you want to work in this industry, you gotta change this. You gotta get a good sound. You gotta get your own sound. You gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, cool. So I listened and I learned. So I I never took it as like, man, you just hating. So cause if I tell some youngsters now, like, yo, man, you bad, but you play a lot of notes. First thing is like, man, you just can't play it. You hate Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, nah. well, well, if that's how you feel. I mean, you might as well just sign your checks over to me because when they're yes. not calling you, they calling me. <laughs> exactly. So, so you yeah. just went ahead and absorbed as much as you can. Absolutely. So that that is amazing. So Bobby G, you got Chucky Booker in the rims. You got DOA. You got a lot of influence. Your own brother, Jubu. So you get that gig and you lock it in because you killed it and you knew realized you killed it with Sheila E. So from there, you guys went on tour. You well, guys, what what happened and when she solidified her band? Was that the beginning of, you know, Mr. Eric Pickfunk Smith? No, believe it or not. Um, so the cat who, who was playing with Sheila before was Raymond McKinley. Uh-huh. So the reason that she did auditions in the first place was Raymond was out with Patty LaBelle. Oh, wow. So Patty's thing fell through. And so she wanted Raymond back, you know. Of course. And, and you know, I mean, Bobby G, Raymond, it's like. All those dudes had a had a camaraderie and a brotherhood. There's you know, a vibe. I'm a, yeah. I'm a young book coming in, so basically, you know, I got sent home. You know, but it, it wasn't. But on, that's great because she still was feeling the vibration of that young buck. Yeah, though. but it wasn't it wasn't on like you know like you fire type type thing. You know, mm-hmm. but um, what I did while I was there, I did a lot of networking. You know, with other musicians in uh-huh. LA. So it's like you know, I hear about you know, hey, this cat's doing this, or Andrew Goucher is doing this thing called Praise Connection. You should yeah. come sit in. And so it's like just just you know. You know, taking advantage of those opportunities and cast be like, yo, man, you got a card? Yeah. Are you killing whatever. So yeah. it's like, you know, then somebody might call you like, yo, man, what are you doing from this period to that period? You know, I got this gig. You want to do it? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm doing brownstone. You want to do it? Like, all right, cool. So you, know? you must have transitioned from Oakland to L.A. Did you move? Did you make the uh, transition? You I mean, ever did? Did see, you ever do that? See, that's that's when I know, you know, that my whole career was ordained by God because like 
I've never had to move to LA. Not for a day. Wow. You know what I mean? And so like anybody that knows this industry. That's powerful. Though, yeah. Even though it's a gazillion dollar industry, industry, everybody's cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, so if if I can have an L.A. based band, that's what I'm going to have because I don't have to play, pay for flights, you know, hotels, per diems or whatever. When yes. I have people local. I mean, because that stuff adds up. You it think, starts adding up. You think about like the hotel I was just in in L.A. It was like almost four hundred dollars a night. So. I mean, when you add that with travel, that and, yeah. is no joke. Yeah, so um, so the fact that people have been willing, you know, to fly me in and out and you know put me up and that kind of stuff, and even at my age, because you got these youngsters that would do it for a portion of what what I'm getting paid. Well, see, and that that that's what I want to talk about is the transition from you know from that 22 year old Eric Smith that was Pick Funk Smith that was out there, you know, uh, you know, auditioning. Sheila obviously was filling you. So from there, when you got sent home, let's transition to maybe you know late 20s, early 30s. You know where where did that break come? You know you had graded like you said DOA, Chucky Booker. Those are heavy. Those are heavyweights. So you had a good team, including, you know, your brother that was probably doing some things at the time, too. So what was your next big transition from that when you said, hey, I ain't going back to UC Berkeley. I ain't barbecuing. I ain't cleaning up nothing. I ain't working at the local Taco Bell. Nope. This is what I'm going to do, mama. So it it just kept going from there. Like, literally, it was. What was was your next big break? Uh, well, I did Tevin in 94. Uh, I worked with Brian Brian McKnight in that time oh, too. Oh man, then, um, the beginning—that's what. Oh, Brian yeah. was cold back then. Yeah, so you know it was like some award show type of stuff, and then um, I did something with Chucky with TLC. Oh you know, um, man! Matter of fact, I don't know if you remember. Uh, she did the MTV. I mean, TLC did the MTV Music Video Awards when they had on all black, black and white, and they did the medley with oh my waterfalls good, yes. and creep. I was playing bass on that with the crazy, sexy, cool song. Okay, look. Okay, so, you know what? And I was like, and Michael Jackson actually actually opened that show up. So that so was. So your whole life has been legendary. Mr. Oh, listen, listen, I'm <laughs> like I'm, I'm actually look, looking at Mike in his sound check, like watching him do choreography and stuff. That was like crazy. The Michael Jackson. That was crazy. Is is I don't know what to me. It's like you know, because at the war show, you know, it's like they have everybody sitting in certain sections and you're waiting for your turn to come up and do your camera blocking and all that kind of stuff. So, so. I'm looking at him like, yo, man, don't even like his feet is touching the ground. It's like I'm looking for strings. Like, is he hanging on something? It's like, <laughs> like it's crazy. Oh so that I'm imagining at that time, speaking of a Jackson, because it was Michael Jackson. You're saying that he was open. He op- he was playing when you were. Yeah, well, he opened that show. That, um, he opened that show. Yeah. Did you ever think that you'd be playing for a Jackson, another Jackson? Never crossed my mind. Never. That is, I'm like, and that's why I like what you just said that you just, your steps have pretty much been ordained by God. Because I was saying that, you know, for those of you guys in the studio, I let me tell you, I've come across a lot of artists. Um, I've met a lot of artists. And, uh, you know, I will say that not every artist is going to be humble. You know, not every artist is going to be likable, uh, nice, kind, uh, appreciative, or even thankful or grateful for the blessings that have been bestowed upon them. And so I think what I liked, I have been following Mr. Smith for a very long time. Uh, Mr. Smith, that sounds it sounds so formal, Mr. Smith. <laughs> but, no, you deserve that. But I, I've been following his musicianship and just how he is for a long time. And I will say this. It's only in podcast land that I have decided to start, you know, reaching out to some of these folks that I've, you know, admired from afar. Because a lot of times you don't want to meet an artist because you are afraid that if you meet them, it's going to taint 
it's going to taint your thoughts about them because I have met artists that maybe aren't kind. So I, I have to say this. You just have a very humble energy, a very humble spirit, just a very down to earth vibe and a very, um, just, you, you just seem so grateful, even looking at you from social media. And I'm sure a lot of your fans say this is that, wow, this guy has some of the most amazing gigs in the, and I won't even call them gigs. These are just legendary shows you're playing. These are not gigs. These are not, they're, they're not ordinary gigs, but I just want to say where, where did, where did that foundation start and why are you like this? I mean, you, you honestly could probably teach a lot of artists to even go, that's probably why you're going to have a very long career in music and you have already. So yeah. tell me about that. I mean, where did that foundation start to where you're just like, man, you just seem very grateful, bro. Like that, that's, that's the truth right there. Well, I think it starts at home first of all. And I, I just, you know, that was something that my parents instilled in me at an early age, you know, and since I spent a lot of time, you know, playing with my dad, he would always be like, the son don't ever get the big head. I mean, somebody will be playing at a local juke joint and play rings around you. You ain't the only one. And, you know, and you get further, you know, being humble. And so I listen to that kind of stuff. And then also bass is just what I do. That doesn't define me as a person. You know what I mean? Because once I put the bass down, like, who are you? And look at it like this. If you don't like, our show is like two hours, right? Mm -hmm. Just say if we're on a tour bus. So there's 24 hours in a day. So once I get off stage, are people going to want to kill me? You know, because oh, like wow. you're, you're an absolute jerk or whatever. So I treat, you know, fans, colleagues, everybody. I don't put people on pedestals. I don't care, like, if if you're considered a bum on the street. You know, I don't even look at, at people as bums, like, because your life is worth something as well. Just because you might have made some mistakes along the way. I'm I'm no better because I mean that could be me you know like like recently I was in I shouldn't say re recently maybe a couple months ago I was in Chicago I'll never forget I'm doing a show with Layla and it was really really cold I'm talking about really really cold and so I get off um I get off the tour bus to go inside the venue and I'm like because um, I, I, I a drummer and a keyboard player they live in Chicago uh -huh. and I'm like man this is ridiculous man why would anybody want to live here. Because you know it is. I mean? I've been to Chicago. It's a fool. Yeah, so. It's then, a fool. <laughs> but I kid you not, like, as I'm saying it, I checked myself. I'm like, yo, man, you get to go in a warm building. There's people out here homeless living through this. Wow. You know what I mean? And so just just that right. kind of stuff, I, I always, you know, keep keep it in perspective or whatever. Right. And so, I mean, God has just been good to me, and, and I know I don't deserve it. So And I, I, I and I, that's why I had to point that out, uh, you know, to the audience. That's why it's important. Where, where can they follow you, actually, right now? A uh, pick funk is everything like P I K F U N K. No C N N. Yeah, be sure to be sure to uh, you know check them out. I do have additional questions, but I just had to mention that because you know I do think a certain energy attracts other energy. So if it's a good energy, a lot of times if you like you said, I just love that statement. Or your steps have been ordained by God because you just have this presence and you have a really down to earth spirit, and I love that. But let's go ahead and fast forward to now. Um, you know because you it sounds like you've had a you have a great foundation. Foundation, uh, uh, wonderful influences, but let's start now. And, and I didn't get a chance to ask you that. Who are your base influences right right now? Like, who could you say that you know what? If I got to hit the stage right now with a couple of bass players, this these are the bass players that I would be hitting with right now. Hey, that list is crazy though, because there are so many amazing bass players that I'm looking at, especially some of these youngsters. Man, there's this kid from Dallas, Matt Ramsey. I think Matt. Matt can't be 23, 24 years old. When I tell you this dude is 
absolutely amazing. A beast. Oh my God. It's like on some groove. Yeah. And so he was like you at 22. Uh, me on steroids. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he uh, must be as a five or six string bass. Um, five. Oh, wow. Yep, five. But absolutely amazing. Um, matter of fact, he's on Kirk Franklin's new record. Um, Live Love Something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, like amazing dude. So, um, Adam Blackstone's another another bad dude. Um, Philly. Oh um, wow. Derek Hodge. Amazing. I'm gonna have to check you these know, guys um, out. Derek, be Derek Hodge is um he works with Glasper on a lot of stuff. Okay, gotcha. You know, so uh-huh. he's on he's on Glasper's records. Um Oh, but, he's ridiculous. Oh, Derek is a is a monster. Glasper, um, they playing some they 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 not playing no no games. Yeah. And you got the Ethan Farmers, you know, his cousin da- Damo, Sheree Reed, Chicago Boys, um then you just know Just so it, many, just so many. Like you said, that list is a beast. Yeah, but then like Casby Sleep, man. Don't forget about Oakland. You got the Marcus Phillips of the, the world. You oh got, my goodness, you, you Marcus got, Phillips! Come on now. You got the Booyas. Yeah, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, cats who playing. I mean, who's playing? So it's like, I mean, it depends. It's like you know, just your it mood depends on your mood that day on, on the genre. Yeah, too. the I'm genre. Like, don't, don't have me go get my brother on you, bro. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he, uh, who can bring Jubu out on him? Hey man, Jubu play some bass too. Don't sleep. Oh man, oh I, I I would not doubt it. I would not doubt it. So let let's talk about this. Uh, I, I I was just looking at your extensive bio, and you played for so many so many people. Um, right now, let's talk about. I see you have Jamie Fox, Fantasia, Babyface. I mean, it, the list goes on. Uh, Janet Jackson, of course, I see some Sheila E. on here, Rihanna. Um, let's talk about the current. So the last couple of, let's talk about the Justin Timberlake. I'm curious about the Justin Timberlake. That That's an interesting, uh, I, first of all, the new Justin, uh, man, he came out. There's some co-producers on that album. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. how did that come about? Well, um, Adam Blackstone is um, Justin's musical director. So he put the 2020 experience tour together. And so he was the bass player as well. So Adam had to leave for a little while and, and do some other stuff. Cause he's like the MD of the world right now. It's like he MDs literally everything and everybody <laughs> oh, like most, man. most tours. So are, he doesn't sleep. Yeah. He just, oh, no, I don't, I don't understand how he does it. Cause mm-hmm. he has so much music in his head and he puts all these amazing shows together. And a uh, matter of fact, from everything from a uh, uh, matter of fact, Maroon five, Oh you know, man! From, from like a rock thing to R and B thing mm-hmm. to then he does Eminem. He's done Jay Z, and it's like now he just did. He just MD Sunday Best, so he's literally all over. Oh, the he place. cold. Yeah, um, M- MD's like the Grammys. Like he did the um the four. Is that the one we did? Yes. Um, uh huh. Yeah. So he he's I mean he's all over the place. So he's like so he hit me up like yo E man I got step. Oh, you, he just had you on speed dial. Like I I need like I need you to come um do this Justin thing for me or whatever and so. I'm like, all right. And who were you playing with at the time when you got the call? Because you you stay running. Well, you know, I mean, I've been working with with Layla for like the last 15 years. Yeah. So, but Layla's just so gracious. I was gonna wait to the end to mention Layla because that she's one of my favorites. So we gonna we gonna we gonna get it divulge into uh, Layla here in a bit. Yeah. So so basically, he was just like, yo, I was only supposed to do one one leg of the tour, just the um the U.S. leg, and so. That turned into me doing, you know, the overseas stuff as well because, um, you know, Adam was still busy, and it's like, yo, man, just just stay, wow. over, just stay over there, you know, do that. So Adam end, end up coming back for like the last leg because that was when, 
they did the whole live thing in Vegas, the Netflix special. Yes. And, uh-huh. you know, and that was Adam's work and he documented it. So, um, so, but I did, I did a little over a year of that tour. Uh, well, it sounds like it would be a fun tour too. I mean, was it a, just amazing or are tours like intense because you, you've toured so many times. Is that like a, was it like an intense tour? Okay. Let because me say- it looked like from the pr- production wise, it was a huge production and that it was like tight. Okay, I'm going to put it to you like this. Like, out of all my tour, my years of touring, that was the first tour that my last day I cried. Say that again. Like, literally, like, I mean, and they give me crap to this day. You know, it's like, man. You, cry, Eric crying like a little female, man. No, because I literally got attached to everybody. You know what I mean? It was like. It How was, long was the tour? Well, the tour was about two years, but I, oh, wow. I did like half of it. Okay. You know what I mean? So, That's a lot. Yeah, so. um. And like Justin just showed me so much love, man. It was like, like he is an amazing, amazing dude. Like I mean, he seems um, like he would like be su- like good, like a a really good guy. Yeah. So um, and it was from top to bottom. I'm talking about everybody from management to wardrobe to security. To everybody, bandit, everybody were like so, that. Vibration was on. Yeah, so welcoming and just like so. I mean, everybody loved on me from day one, and it was just like it was a really good experience. And you know, it's it's always cliche. They're like, yo, man, we family out here, but it's like you felt it. You was really family. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh man, that is amazing. So how many, how many runs? How many? I mean, you probably how many shows did you do in that? Like it was probably unbelievable. Because that man. actually, I honestly could say that that was probably one of my first of all one of my favorite Justin Timberlake albums. But it actually just took over the world because that whole suit and tie mix up, the way he came, was just slick. Oh, no, it was, it was a lot of a lot of Jackson influence. I saw a lot of influence, a lot of soul influence, and I'm glad that he got he got that because it was like you know what he did it justice. I thought absolutely. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, no, the whole mean. band. So let's move on to uh, uh, your your current work with, uh, of course, Layla Hathaway. I want to hit her later, but Janet Jackson. Let's talk about Janet because I I have followed Janet for many years, and uh, Janet, I'm a huge fan. Like I have to say, because I love artists who basically admire live instrumentation and uh, respect uh, big production. She's a Jackson. What do you? I don't expect anything. So you're on tour with a legend. How did this happen? Because well, you're a legend. You're a legend. So yeah. legend to legend. How did that come into play? Well, how about this? So Janet Jackson also came through Adam Blackstone. Okay, this Adam, call Adam right now. Let's get Adam on. <laughs> you no need to get Adam on the phone. So, so basically, what that was, so Adam did the tour before with Janet because Adam was actually MD and Kanye West on the Glow in the Dark tour, which I was on that tour with Rihanna. So you had Rihanna, Kanye West, um, NERD, Lupe Fiasco. So that that tour was like crazy. So Adam was MD and Kanye. Janet comes to a show and she's blown away by Kanye's set. So she's like, "Who's MD?" And so. That's how Adam. And it was up. Adam. How yeah. did you meet Adam? Me and Adam. How about this? Me and Adam go back a minute. Like, so I did a tour of Guapole back in the day. Oh, Guap. Right? Get out of like here. Early, early Guap. Uh-huh. Early you know, Guap. Early, early uh-huh. Guap. So, so Before she sell out Guap. Because she's selling out. That girl is no joke. I love her. Hey, now, her spirit, her man. Like, too. She's, oh, she's amazing. She's the truth. So she did a tour with um, Music Soul Child. It was like, like a House of Blues kind mm-hmm. of tour. Adam was just playing bass with music. So, oh, wow. okay. so we connected back then. It's like, I was just like, even, even then I'm like, yo man, man, who's old boy on bass, man? He's killing. <laughs> like, so, like, 
like, so, like so, he was kind of big dude, but so much vibe and his plan was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So, so we just became cool then and, and, you know, we bonded, you know, so it was like a brotherhood. So, yeah, you know, cause you got that humble spirit. He was just probably like, man, this guy's cool. And they, you in my Rolodex now. And I'm, I'm the OG to everybody though. So Wait, the like, OG? You know, How old is Adam? Um, Adam is younger than me. Adam might be, I'll, I'll give Adam like 38, 39 up okay. in there. Uh-huh. So, you know. I'm so gonna, he hooked you up with the Jan. So yeah, you first, so. cause he, his first call was Justin for you. Right. Then, then, then Janet, then yeah. Jan. Yeah. But see the first time we actually worked together though is so, you know, I worked, I was on tour with Rihanna for like nine years. Yeah. And like, like the last, the last tour that I did with Rihanna he actually put that show together. So was that Rihanna your first major tour? Uh, I mean, I can say as far as pop, maybe, but you know, yeah, I, as far as pop, because you might have been doing a soul R and B kind of, you know, like I've been doing so arenas good. and stuff already, but like mm-hmm. on some mega pop, yeah, probably Re. Rihanna. Yeah. Okay, but I, I wow, you you know this this is almost this this resume is so extensive, but I have to say so with Jan. Let's let's talk about uh, go back to. Uh, Janet Jackson. So you started on her. What what tour was it on? I know you done. You recently were done State of the World, and you guys are now in Vegas, right? Uh, the first one was Unbreakable for me. Unbreakable. Wow. But that's the that's the tour that I actually broke. I'm joking. Here we go. Here we go. Get home. Yeah. Nah. Don't have Janet Jackson calling your phone. Okay. Like, what did you mean by it broke? <laughs> Is that how she would sound? She sounds uh, so sweet. She sounds so uh, sweet. She's a sweetheart, man. Janet's amazing. So right now, uh, you know, when you first got that call with Janet Jackson, what was that like when you guys, uh, when Adam called you for Janet and Janet first walked in, and you guys, you know, how do you guys as musicians? I always want to know this. How do you vibe with an artist that you? haven't met you've called for their tour you meet them you know you you vibe with them a little bit but once that music takes place like what is that how where do you guys start that rehearsal one like you know where does it go from there well see most in most cases you know with pop music especially you know the visual takes precedence so a lot of times we might not see the artists to weeks in because they're working with choreographers oh wow dances and yeah so they're they're working on that and so every day you know we record a rehearsal so they're actually rehearsing to what we recorded the day before or whatever so then there's notes you know between the creative director choreographer and the musical director like okay you know we like this but we actually want to take a verse out because you know um we want to transition this song so like you know um, this is the list that we have in mind. And so you might get that list tight about a week later. It all goes bye-bye. Like, okay, well, we want to take, we want to actually change this song and switch this song, whatever. So like, so it takes a minute for the artist to actually come and start vibing with the band, but she always comes in and, you know, meets everybody and, you know, uh-huh. and, you know, just really sweet, you know, like, there's no egos, you know what I mean? Oh it's my like, gosh, that is so beautiful to hear. Like, you know, a lot of times, you know, and... And they I'm, don't get, honestly, and it's crazy because, she, you know, I, for me following Janet for a long time, she doesn't get off that energy. Right. And even like, for instance, you know, I worked on Queen Latifah's last record. Uh-huh. And it's like, I always trip off certain people because like, if you didn't know her, you know, Dana, you uh-huh. would think that she had $1 to her name. Wow. Because it's that level of humility. Just down. You know, and so what I've come to realize is most people that, you know, they come off arrogant is really insecurity. Wow. 
you know, because yeah, because they scared of that next person taking that gig. Yeah, or you know, just like I mean, not even just that. Like maybe knowing that you don't even deserve that spot. Yeah, they're not shedding as much. Yeah, you, you got know. hooked up with it. Yeah, so yeah. it's like you know, so like yo, man, like we're all on the same team. You know, it's, I mean, it's about having fun. This shouldn't this shouldn't feel like work, and when it does, either you need to yeah revisit why you're there or consider doing something else. So I imagine the creative process is 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 is, is, is it pretty intense? I mean, you're you you you're a humble spirit, you're down to earth, but when you know, let, walk us through a day in a life with uh, you know, say you on uh, a Rihanna tour, you know, like uh, when that all began, what a day in a life of what that would be like. Cause it seemed like it would be very intense. Cause us from the outside looking in, we're like, wow, what a production, but it's like no joke. A rehearsal is horrible. <laughs> like, I mean, once you, once you get on a tour, it's like, that's the fun part. But like rehearsals, I'm talking about, there has been some like 16 hour days, 16 you know? hour like, days. Yeah. But in 16 hours, you might play two of them. You know, because like, okay, we're hitting at 11. You get there, 1030, you might eat a little something and you're waiting to play. And it's like they're having a meeting, you know, between the whole production. And it's just like, okay, um, you got lighting, you got video content, you got, you know, creative directors, you got like everybody who's not on the same page. So mm -hmm. it's like, and then you might even have management. Like, well, we were thinking blah, blah, blah. So it's like, okay, now it's five o'clock. Everybody takes a look. Take a lunch. We're going to hit at 6 o'clock. we right, go cool. hit at 6. At 6. So everybody be back at 6. We're playing at 6. Like, I've even had days like this. Get there at 11 in the morning. All right. Um, we're going we gonna to run it after lunch. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Bob so you just lunch. running and then running. Oh, no, no, no. We haven't played no yet. Oh, you just waiting around. So now it's midnight. <laughs> so, hey, listen. Hey, we're going to call it. Everybody be here at 12 tomorrow. Right? Uh then I get in my car. I go to my hotel, which is about 20 minutes away. Get in the bed. Phone ring. Hey, where you at? I'm in the bed. Hey, bro, she just got here. and She want to run the show. Oh, my goodness. So I go back to Sony lot, and we plan until 3 in the morning. And you, you just know? get up and just go ahead and. That kind of stuff. So that's the kind of stuff Ooh. that. that and, and honestly, it's more grueling to sit around. Then the, the play. Yeah, the play. You know, so. Oh, well, that. Wow. And wow. So, you know, but then there's other times. And that's where, like for three weeks straight or two weeks straight? No, or? like like pop tours, like a a normal, like from ground zero mm -hmm. to like the first first show, you're talking 10 weeks. <sighs> we're running we're running that show like for rehearsal, five, 10 five times a day, four or five times a day, just because like, like, you know, you want it to feel like. You're on autopilot, so you're not looking at a set list. Yeah, you, know you don't. What's need, you just hear. You just automatic. Your body yeah. just automatically knows when the. Yeah, especially like even like like Justin's show, for instance, like them songs banging so fast, it's like you don't have time to look at a set list. You gotta mm -hmm. know it. You gotta feel what the next joint is because yeah. it's like ain't no breaks. It ain't no stop. No start and stop. It's just Ooh, like let's go, let's go, let's go. That even, even Janet's show now, it's like I mean I'm playing bass and key bass, so there's a lot of songs where like. I'm ending on bar four, and I got to play the first note of bar five on key bass. Yeah. Oh, so it's like, God. you know, and and trying to forget, I mean, not to forget to mute my bass because I'm playing key bass now and remembering to unmute it when it's time to play bass again, you know. So it's it's a lot of moving parts. So just like, you know, just knowing it like the back of your hand. That is, that sounds grueling. Yeah, no, but after not. I mean, at the end, you guys are probably like, "Wow, that's probably why you become family." I mean, every day for ten weeks, 
mm-hmm. hours on end, yep. you know, and you're dealing with, of course, all kind of personalities, Absolutely. you know, because even the kind of soul by, I don't be honest, two weeks, three weeks in, you're like, I'm, you know what? I'm temperamental. I, I don't want to deal with this, you yeah. know, but. <laughs> but if you can't get along with me, you got a problem. Yeah, I, I would, I would probably believe, I would probably believe that very right. much so. So tell me, what was the longest running tour you've had, you've been on? Uh, I would say the first, like the um, Good Girl Gone Bad tour, um, Rihanna, that tour just seemed like it never stopped. Yeah. You know, and then, but after that, um, when she went to, because she was with Rebel One Management, then she went to Rock Nation. Rock Nation had this thing like, okay, we're we about to make a lot more money, but we're going to work smarter, so we're going to play bigger venues and shorter tours. Makes sense. So, um, but bigger arenas and shorter, just. Uh, no, stadiums. Stadiums, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, like the, um. Like the last tour, yeah, the you know, Michael Jackson Stadium. Yeah, it was yeah. like we playing, you know, Wembley, and you know, mm-hmm. and you know, like, like seventy thousand seater in Paris, Paris de France. You know, I mean, um, and what's it like? I mean, you know, I I just want to know that moment where, say, you know, Wembley. Okay, you you guys are prepping. You know, you guys have worked all this time, and you know, you're getting ready to do Wembley, and you just walk out there with your bass. What is your feeling right before you hear that roaring crowd? Because that, I mean, Wembley's huge. So, I mean, what is your first thoughts? Like when you walk onto a stage, like right before you guys do your prayer probably, right? Yep. And then you go on, you, hey, you're right here, and it's like, wow, I'm here. This kid mm-hmm. from Oakland, you know, 22, growing up, didn't know if he would even continue on with bass. Now playing with Janet Jackson, Rihanna, everybody you can name, Layla Hathaway, just Jamie Foxx, any anybody you can name. What do you think when you're in that Wembley Stadium? Like, wow, what what's your thoughts? Believe it or not, it's like sometimes I'm all over the place, but but I also remember that I gotta stay focused because like literally it's as soon as you let your mind drift, you can make a mistake. You know what I mean? And so but there's times during the show where I might look out in the audience and I'm just like, you know, so thankful because I realize that even though I'm just playing music. I'm playing all kind of, I mean, you're talking about like, especially with the climate in the world right now where so much racism and stuff. Like now you, oh got, my God. you got all Say kind that. of nationalities, people standing Black, right white, blue, other. purple. It's like, yeah. it don't matter right now. It's like, it's just like, it's, we exchanging love and you got people that might've been suicidal this morning. Yep. And maybe something happened during the show that made them want to live. You know what yeah. I mean? And so that's why, like, I never take it for granted. You know, even if, you know, I mean, people hit me on social media all the time, like, like um, hi, pig funk. You know, I'm I'm going to be at the show. You know, would you mind taking a picture with me afterwards or before? Just let me know what time I need to be wherever. And you know, I'll come. I'm like, you tell me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's wow. Like, and, and you know, I'll come out, take a picture, I'll sign whatever. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that's you know that can get overwhelming for me because I'm just like, yo, man. It's like I would have never thought that you know what I do touch so many people. You know what I mean? So. And, you know, the reason is it's, it's, it's the spirit that you do in it, too, because it's like, man, like just to have that 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 attitude you have and just to be so grateful. And I, I, I that's to me, that's why you're going to continue to be blessed. But it's just such a blessing to have someone out like that playing 
and just really thinking about the people because I'll be honest with you, like you said, there's a lot of people maybe suicidal. You don't know. Right. Music has changed me. I, I Janet Jackson. I have followed Jan for many years through stages of my life. Uh, you know, from you know my t- early teens, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, etc. And um, it's just like it's a feeling she gives me when I did all, like all for you. You know, I remember that I was going through like kind of a little bit of a depressed time, but going in there like, man, listening to Janet, like it gave me some kind of like hope. You know, I was inspired by that. You know what I mean? Right. So I I really commend you on your attitude and just how you get down. But let's go. Let's go down because you you got such a resume. We might have to do a part one, two, two and three with uh, Mr. Pickfunk. That's that's how that's how extensive your resume is. But let's talk about Layla Hathaway. How did that? let, Let me tell you that. Oh, that honey boom. You was just in fact. Before we move on to her, I want to tell our worldwide listeners um, that Eric was just actually on the phone. He called Layla here at the studio. And uh, Layla happily told me that uh, Mr. Pickfunk on his tours uh, likes to dress. He 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 carry he 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 packs a lot of shoes, a lot of clothing. I guess he's Mr. Fashionable. This is what Layla Hathaway says by phone, and she was very specific. She says, "I child, I only have one. I have maybe a two pairs of shoes. One for when I get there, and one, you know, you know, I'm on the plane." But the, she said, talk, "Let's talk about it, Mr. Eric Pickfunk Smith." She said, "You be dressing, and your you luggage, you be bringing it." So let's talk about this uh, the fashion sense on tour. Layla be lying on me, first of all. You know, <laughs> it didn't sound not, like a lie at all. Listen. Um, you ain't going to lie on that girl right now. <laughs> no, like the cast that are on the Janet tour, them dudes be dressing like, you know, like our DJ. Like, you know, I, like I be cutting hair a little bit on tour too, right? <laughs> you I, wait a Hold minute. on. Listen, I went to this dude's dressing room and there's literally shoes lined up all <gasps> over the room. I'm you like, cut hair on tour. I mean, I don't like to, but Cass be like, man, who be cutting You be lining here? them up. Like, I cut myself. Oh, like, hey, look you, you at this. Me? Extraordinary basis, extraordinary basis, and then you lining them up. Nah, man, you know. This it's too like, much. It's like, you know, it's, it's not even a sign. But Layla gonna... told me about your. I ain't doing that special. Your man. luggage. I'm not doing that How special. many pieces you bring? It depends on how long the tour is. Now, what? Okay. Say it's just like, I don't know, a, a four-month, five-month tour. I got to have two, two burden bags. Oh, okay. Oh, how many shoes is in that? Like real, for two months? Five on. months? You say five months? Yeah, five months. Oh, five months. I'm probably going to have like maybe 10 pairs. Of oh, you. Shoes. Oh, my God. See, that's why I think about it. If, it. All right. If Come I wear the now. same shoes every single day, they're going to be dirty. But you know I'm going mean? to just be honest. From a worldwide stage, we're not going to notice if you have on black shoes from that. No, this no, no. no. I, like, I got, I got like what I wear on stage, but I'm talking about like my everyday wear. Oh, you just be out and about just looking fashionable. I got to. I got to represent, you know. What? I got to represent, you know, like, you know. What are you representing? You represent Oakland. That's you just it's the Oakland and you. Man, listen, you know. You GQ on. I, I represent wifey at the crib. I represent yeah, my parents. Yeah, wifey. I represent my parents. Wifey probably know? be like, my baby be looking good. I got to make sure. That, now, does your wife dress you? Maybe that's it. First of all, let me tell you Maybe something. she dress you. This ain't, this ain't even about my wife, but I'm going to tell you about her, though. Like, <laughs> From day one, like you will never catch her out of pocket. Like she's dressed. Like it like she has a sickness. I hear that. See. Like, no, she no, I'm talking about every day I come home. Like I can be on tour and I the day I get back, there's a package on the door. And I'm like, what you order now? Well, I had a credit. You gotta order something to get a credit. Oh my good. You know? Not like, the credit. Like I have a like I have a really big master um 
bedroom closet. A suite. There's not one stitch of anything in that closet of mine. So this but ain't about obviously her. There, yeah. Obviously there is if you bring in 20 million shoes on tour. Nah, nah, nah. No, I have I have my studio at the house, and I got some stuff in there. But, like, no, my my wardrobe is nothing like hers. Oh, my gosh. That, when I say nothing, I, I mean that. Well, we go, we go uh, kind of close it out here with Layla. I want to hear about Layla Hathaway. She um, all right, you know. She, she all right. She, she regular. She, and this is what I'm telling you. <laughs> Worldwide viewers, we're probably going to have to do a series with Mr. Eric Pickfunk Smith. I mean, his resume is so large. Like, I can't even go into the Fantasia. I can't go into Babyface. I can't go into even the depths of Rihanna. I can't go. There's so much stuff I can't go into. Well, see, Babyface on in Turwood. I just did some TV stuff. It don't face. matter. So no, it's um, still all, these are all honorable mentions, you but, know. But yeah. let's talk about Layla and how that came about, that organic. Organic. Man, the soul, that that soulful, oh, she's so soulful, so amazing, and so yeah. just sultry and, oh, God. No, oh, no, Layla let's is, talk about Miss Layla Hathaway. Yeah, like, hands down, she's, I mean, she's the greatest, you know, like, I mean, vocally, it's, like, to the point, even now, you know, being on stage, you would think, like, 15 years in, I'm used to it. But she still is. It's been 15 on. years. It's been 15 years since I started working with Layla. That's history. It's crazy. Like she's, so she's been with you throughout all the other tours, but you've been playing with her throughout much. all the other tours. Pretty much. And she's like, like the thing with Layla is, I mean, we're friends first. Like, I mean, it's like we're literally like super close friends. So, you know, that's like my sis. And, you know, if I get a great opportunity, you know, like, okay, it's a year worth of work. You know, it's a salary thing. I can make this much money. She's like, listen, I totally get it. I, I I really hate you being gone, and it sucks for me because, you know, I'm not only a bass player, I'm a musical director too. So Yeah, you've so, been in DM for a long time. Yeah, but I'm I've seen those shows. You, you, you kill. You know, I'm all right, you know. Oh, you I'm just all right? I'm all right, you know. I, yeah, I so do. you guys just have, it's just like a com, uh, that, that connection you guys have musically is just unbelievable. Yeah, no, no I love Layla. She's, um, amazing and and like literally just like like we can do the same set list 10 days in a row and every set will be different it's gonna be different yeah because it's like it's i mean she's gonna take you somewhere different mm -hmm. but she respects her music to the point like she's gonna give you the record you'll be able to sing along mm -hmm. but then she gonna hit you with a haymaker oh here, i've been there, there yeah like, she switched it up she switched yeah. it up real quick yeah. i mean and you guys also that that personality transcends she transcends it seems like she would be like that that you guys would just just be authentic and just kind of spontaneous with things and just yeah. musical freedom absolutely that's what it seems like with her yeah and but you both basically yeah but um you know even when i've had to bring people People, um, in and out it's like you know they end up going down in flames because on paper you think that uh, it's an easy gig I call Layla the easiest hard gig that you ever do <laughs> let's talk about that like it's because it's like you know what you think it is most of the time it isn't uh -huh. you know it's like you know you have to listen you have to like you can't just say okay I'm gonna listen to, to this stuff on the way to the gig and I'm gonna play it like nah because yeah. it's really it's really specific you know, well, and she, she sounds like a, a you basically she sounds like a, an artist that will, you know, basically you do have to be ready because I've been to her shows where she'll bring it down to where you can hear a pin drop. Absolutely. And 
she will, you know, maybe scat a little bit or she'll give a vocal run or a vocal, you know, she'll look over her background singers and then look at the bass, you know, look at you and be like, okay, it's, it's, it's a vibe. It's an energy. Well, so it's kind of like, so you guys are doing a lot of improv, it seems like. Is well, that what it is? Well, see, with, with me being there, she never has to look at me, though. It's That's just a vibe. Yeah, because it's like, it's a comfort that, you know, that I give her because I know her and I know what she's about to do when she's going to do it. And so, like, for instance, you know, she has this thing that she does two notes. Mm-hmm. At, at the same time, I know. And so, mm-hmm. That's what everybody. You know, let me right. tell you something, man. Right. That went viral. You are so wait. Don't let me wait. You know what? You are not gonna lay love, Miss Hathaway. If you hear this, do not listen to him saying this. Can you do that note again? That you. Yeah. So so basically. So like I, you know, I know by our phrasing when that's coming, and so basically I'm cueing a dance. So I'm like, so I'm like, you know, body language. Everybody out on the one, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm gonna give her give her that space to do you know, her two notes. Can we get go ahead and tune in that again? How you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm so. <laughs> You are not going to do Miss Hathaway like that. You are not going to do it. Because literally, guys, she was just on the phone with, <laughs> with with Mr. Smith talking about, oh, no, yeah, he, he this this man, he loves his clothes. He loves his fashion. You guys do seem to have a very free-spirited uh, relationship, and that that's oh, really, really great. No, that's that's fam, man, like like Layla's fam. But, again, I can't, I can't say enough about her as a person and as a, and as an artist, you know, I can't say enough. Like, she's, like, incredible. You and know? you are. You are incredible. You guys combination-wise. I mean, I just think that, you know, the fact that, that that's why I say it. So your energy is, is very powerful because it's like, you know, all these great artists and you yourself, you you bring in these great people to you. It doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like with any of these tours, and actually, and just looking at the names of the folks, these are all great folks, like just down to earth spirits, like cool. Spirit. Tell me something. I always want to know what's the craziest thing that's ever happened on tour. Like, have you guys, have you messed up? You got on stage and been like, oh my goodness, we just shot the whole set. It was done. Like, oh, how about this? Like, I recently just made the biggest mistake of my entire career. Like, and I'm, wait no- a minute. I'm normally really solid. Like, normally, like, once I know my job, I typically don't on make bass. My, you made a mistake. Actually, on key bass. On key bass, okay. And and you know, no excuses whatsoever. But what it was is so like there's this one song in a set that is different on this tour than it was the last tour, and so it it's literally one bar, like one bar that's different than it was on the last tour. So like, um, so um, I'm not gonna even even give give the scenario, but basically. <laughs> Basically, well, I whose tour was it on? Okay, Jan. Uh-huh. Oh, this was in, in Vegas. This is re- oh yeah, this my is, goodness, the recent so, tour. Yeah, so basically, it's um like we have count offs in our ear or whatever, and so there's a count off that goes to the DJ and the one goes to me. So, so I came in a bar early, and the entire band followed me, and so when Jan came in, Jan is right, but we're like literally a bar off, but we but we caught it like, like maybe a couple bars in her verse, but it was like, for us, it was a train wreck. But then I talked to people that were in the audience, musicians. So did know. she react or did the oh, audience no, no, no. react? You guys just keep on. Nobody knew, but it was bad for me. You know, be, just because <laughs> I'm like, I don't I don't mess up. 
you know, not to, not to sound like I'm like I'm perfect. Like no, but you've been tr- you've been practicing for you know you shared a lot you yeah. know so you probably don't expect to make those kind and of I, and I was like it's one of those shows you know like you know I recently lost my pop so I was thinking about my dad and oh, I'm de- wow. like dedicating my Rest show to my dad to you know what's all his name. Kind of John Smith. Rest in yeah. peace, John Smith. Yeah, so, you know. You had I, a lot on your mind. Yeah, and so, again, like I said earlier, like, all it takes is, like, a minute for you not to focus, and you can make a mistake because there's so mistake. much stuff, you know, that's going on. And mm-hmm. so, like, like um, Daniel Jones is our musical director, and he's a really, like, he's a beast, too. Like, I mean, a really, really, it's really. It's a great show. Yeah. It's well, I haven't seen one. the Vegas one because you did say the Vegas show and this this show, I mean, the State of the World Tour, are completely different completely tours. Completely different. No, there's nothing the same about those tours. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Musically and everything. It's Musically, nothing it's the like same. Nothing the same. Because I, I actually did attend the State of the World. A great show. Great show. Um, and, man, first of all, the, the whole entire band, that guitar player, too. That Oh, that's yeah, my that, that's crime. what I kind of want to get into, your partners in crime, because, you know, leading into, and we're going to be wrapping it up here soon, but uh, you've got your own band. You guys got your own stuff cracking, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's and it's hot right now. Like, no no, no joke. Like, you guys out of the Bay Area, you know, Oakland, you you guys have been catching off for many years. I always people, folks call you blind, but you're legally blind. Legally How blind. did that... How did that come together? Because it just seems like a bunch of greatness going on, like for real, for real. You mean how did the band come? How along? did the band come? How did that even? You guys just like let me call my bro. Oh, let me call my homie. Oh, he's bad too. You know, like let's talk about it. Well, so basically, you know, um, my brother, he had this, you know, idea. It's like, yo, man, basically, man, we just keep giving all our talent, you know, to all these other artists or whatever. So. If we're helping everybody else achieve, achieve their goals, that means we're not achieving ours. So, man, we gotta do our own thing or whatever. It's like so. So basically, um, Errol, our guitar player, me and Errol, you know, because he was the one that on that. Like I was just talking about with the Janet Jackson, who took that solo and killed it. Oh no, I like I call Errol for everything. So like I was able to get Errol on the Janet thing with me. Like, like so, um, you know, Errol, that's like that's like my brother from another mother, whatever. So so you know. My brother's a bad guitar player, but I was like, yo, man, we should have two guitar players, bro. Let me get my boy Errol. So yeah. So I got Errol in the band, and then our drummer, Chris Johnson, you know, we've been rocking together for years, too. Like, we did Mary Mary together. We did Maya together, you know. Oh, it's like, man. So, um, you know, we did years with Rihanna together, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, we so have a chemistry. So y'all family. Y'all yeah, all family. It's a oh, vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, like, if, if you spent any time around Legally Blind, like, when we just, like, vibing, nonstop comedy. Like literally, it's just like all we do is laugh. It's just like it's it's fun, but it's like the the chemistry that that we have. I mean, like just getting in the studio, just playing. It's just like the stuff that we come up with in no time. It's and like how ridiculous. did you guys come up with that name, Legally Blind? Okay, so um, the way the name came about is, you know, somebody was listening to to some stuff that you know we were doing. And, you know, somebody I was that was going to potentially manage us or, you know, try to get a uh, deal or whatever when we were considering that. And so they were like, okay, so, like, what genre would you say you are? And so we were just like, well, wow, man, this song can be, can be you know, considered blues or this song could be like R&B or this song could be, like, almost like a pop song or a folk song. So, man, you can't put us in a box. We're actually blind to genres. Yeah. Wow, so, that's powerful. Yeah, so we like we're blind to genre, genre so like yeah, it's that called makes a band. sense. 
like we legally blind. Like, and that's really what it was. Like, like yo, man, don't put us in a box. You know, then they're like, well, you got to call us something. Like, no, you don't. Yeah, nah, you nah. That that works. That works. So tell me something. Your first Oakland show, because that's probably where you guys started. Your first Oakland was it in Oakland? Yep, um, with Legally Blind. Mm-hmm. The first show that we did in Oakland was at Q's Lounge. Q's, one of my favorite spots. Yeah. One of my favorite spots. Yeah, so. Yeah, no. it's a, the energy in there is great. You probably, probably went in on a Friday night, Saturday night. I think it was a Friday night, and it's like, it was packed out. We had people drive down from L.A. Of course. Like, like, I mean, and, you know, there's no arrogance with me whatsoever. I mean, all humility. But that show. Y'all killed it. That show, oh my God, it was like it was dumb. I, I, it was I, dumb. I, I, let me tell you something. You know, shockingly, unfortunately, I actually haven't had a chance to see Blind Line. You're bad. But I, well, yeah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> my bad. But you know what? I will say because I follow you and your brother uh, very, quite closely uh, on YouTube. They've got a lot of a uh, lot of live videos with you guys, and it's just so great the connection you guys all have. I could tell you guys are family because it seems very natural. But I've seen a lot of sold out shows too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, and that's got to be nice. You come off the road with all these other folks because your brother's playing with who now? Frankie Beverly and Maze. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. See, so you guys are used to these packed houses. It should actually be um, Jubu and Maze, actually. <laughs> it's Jubu and Maze. Hey, because he he's carrying that thing. I'm sorry, I don't care who hears this. I mean, go ahead and put it out there. Yeah, it's hot like, off the press. Have you seen him play play that show? Yes. Oh my God! I've seen it's him. like it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Like it's when ridiculous. I, when I realized. Jubu got sick on um, one show. Layla, Layla Hathaway had a show with Frankie Beverly in North Carolina. Uh-huh. So Jubu got sick on like, um, actually he was sick before the show. He didn't, he knew he wasn't going to be able to play. So he oh, tried wow. to go out, had a bucket up there and everything. And like, so he was just like, I can't. So he ended up going to ER. So he got off stage like the third song. That's when I saw the impact of him in that show. Ooh, it was like. Yeah, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, I was just like, ooh, it's going on in flames now. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So, yeah, no, nah, Jubu is. I mean, you guys both, you know, and just just seeing, like I said, I cannot. Well, when is your next Legally Blind? I know you guys are all over the place. Oh, yeah, we're praying about that at, at this <laughs> moment. Because, you know, it's like, like you know, our drummer, Chris Johnson, he's playing with Lady Gaga. And so <sighs> the the hard part is, like, so with me and Arrow doing the Janet Jackson stuff, it's almost like as soon as we stop playing the room because we play park mgm in vegas Mm -hmm. and they rotate people in and out so like when we stop now gaga is in that room and then they bring bruno mars in. so it's kind of hard for everybody's schedule to be you know that's why i was really tripped out by that yeah so but you know we're going to correct that yeah you're going to correct it somehow we we have to because it's like because you guys would with and how long because uh janet jackson is running how long how long are you going to be playing with jan well you know you just you just never know because uh the reviews has been absolutely crazy of like course. i mean everybody's talking about how amazing our show is so yeah i'm sure they'll probably extend some dates but i'm not mm-hmm. sure i mean know. it just why what i cannot actually wait to see uh that show i again i'm a person that follows jan a lot of artists actually layla hathaway i follow everybody on it you see you would you would everybody on here but you know what i want to know what people say about you so for example if it was rihanna talking what would Rihanna say about Pick? Rihanna will always call call me her big bro. You big know, bro. she's like everybody thinks I'm silly. Oh no! If you look at the first Rihanna DVD, "Good Girl Gone Bad," like the pranks uh-huh. that went on, it's like 
absolutely like she did some real dirty stuff. Some scandalous too. pranks. Oh yeah. But oh, right. you probably got to get. You still on the get back? You you still got? Oh no, I, no, I murdered her. Oh, and she's and to this day she don't know it was me. I'm done. I mean, like, oh no, I got her back so good. Oh my god, it's like and she came in our dressing room, mad. It's like who did whatever, whatever. I had the straightest face. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what? I yeah, you probably off the chain. I already know. Oh no, everybody knows me. Don't don't prank with me because like I'm gonna always. So get you the you, prankster? No, no, I'm not going to initiate it ever unless they come for you. But just they know they can't that, come for the pick phone. Just know if you start it, I'm going to have the last. Matter of <laughs> fact, do you know? Um, do you know this drummer out? Now he doesn't live here any, anymore, but they used to call him Squirt. Yes, that he used to play for us. Squirt yeah, yeah. Earl. Earl. Uh huh. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So Earl. Earl, that actually is one of the first drummers I started playing with here. Okay. Uh huh. Earl caught my wrath. So we went to South Africa with the Archies. Oh, the Archie, the famous yeah. family. The Archie Archies. Family. We know yep. all the Archies. Yep. Um. So Yo, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, Kevin. Rest in peace. Yeah, mm-hmm. my brother. So, so basically, we go to South Africa and like, so we get there. Um late that night and so the next day we had to be in the lobby at like noon to go because it was a church thing yeah so we we're supposed to go to this church at like noon or whatever Here so we go so so um square called my room he's like man where you at i'm like i'm asleep bro he's like like dude you gotta hurry up man it's like every <laughs> everybody waiting for like, it like man we um we on the bus man it's like you know wait wait for him like man what time is it it's like it's like 12 15 so I literally got up and I took the fastest shower on earth. In two seconds. Like I'm like, oh, I gotta get dressed. Got dressed, come downstairs. It's pitch black. It's like it's literally like five something in the morning. I'm so they got <laughs> because, because like the room was like it was almost like a, a a cruise cruise ship. Wasn't no windows in the room. So I come downstairs. It's like five something in the morning. They and got you I, uh, so. No, it wasn't no they. Earl got me. Earl got. And he thought it was funny. I said, okay. I would have hollered. So, so I had my own room. So, and my boy Earl, I got Earl on a gig. So Earl was in the room with Squirt. So we was in South Africa like two weeks. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get you back. I got you. You no problem. So I waited for like a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, because you gotta wait. It's about I, to wait because so, they'll know. Yeah. So, um, so Squirt went somewhere to kick it, to kick it, um, whatever. So. So I say, yo, Arrow, um, I need to get in the room, yo. He's like, all right. So he let me in the room. I put, <laughs> I pulled I'm the covers sorry. back. I literally put maybe like two coffee pots of water. Come on. When I'm at, I to, I'm talking about I drenched that thing. No, you didn't. And I made, I made that bed up better than the maids. You I know? cannot. So, but my room was right next to his. So <laughs> I was so sleeping that night too. I said, no, I'm not going to sleep. I literally waited. To listen to him, he come was in. probably so. What happened, man? It's like he the, came. I heard, the I heard joy that, that you felt. Oh, like. listen! I heard that door close. <laughs> 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 that door closed in about two minutes. I'm like, ah! <laughs> and he he started beating on the wall. Man, when I tell you, I am <laughs> little like real tears. I'm crying, <laughs> laughing, and I actually have footage of that somewhere on my old camcorder. Yeah, you know, because I had like, uh, I had Arrow little recorder while I'm making the bed up and everything. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "Yo, man, you will never mess with me again." So he didn't get no sleep that night. 
that's so i'm glad you got her that was the homie right there oh yeah that was in fact i talked to him that was not too long ago that that's the homie right there so you got him so we'll move on what what would layla hathaway say about you that i'm silly and i'm her favorite bass player she always calls me a favorite i don't know why because she you the favorite man she works with everybody marcus miller Derek hodge and like like uh, little old me yeah of course claim it no i mean she would say that you know i'm a solid bass player um a great friend uh a great md a great md and that Um, you are man this man and it's something about layla now you guys man that the connection the vibe the energy it's just it's absolutely amazing what you guys put out and put forth it is. Yeah. But what about Justin Timberlake? What would he say about pick phone? Justin would probably, I mean, he thinks I'm silly too because, you know, uh, a lot of comedy happens on stage. <laughs> you know, like we have talkback mics that we can talk to each other. And so, I love it, yeah. So, so you, you can know. talk major. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, I'm killing everybody. It's like, you don't want to start with me. So <laughs> uh, so me and, me and one of the background singers, we had a thing, you know, uh-huh. um, going back and forth. JK, amazing singer. But silly as all get out. So when I tell you I was destroying him, and then we have this trombone player, um, Kevin. Kevin is is literally legally blind. Like, he really can't see. Oh, wow. So, so Kevin will come for me, too. And so one day he says something, and I was like, doesn't it bother you that Justin named this the 2020 experience? And, like, literally everybody just, <laughs> just lost done. it. It's like, dude, that's me. And I'm like, hey, man. Then he was like. Man, you look like I say you have no idea what I look like. I'm a figment of your imagination. Oh my god! So, okay, y'all coming? Y'all no holds bar so, with it. So just to give you an idea, that's kind of how. Oh, y'all don't how, play. How y'all I'm don't down. play. Y'all don't play. Well, it's obvious that so many people uh, very much uh, respect you, think highly of you, and uh, just not only your musicianship but you as a person. And I think that that uh, that is amazing. And and I I think that uh, I hope in this interview that people do that do get a chance to listen that that that'll resonate because. Um, I tell you, you know, I was not going to reach out because, you know, sometimes, you know, you feel like folks, some folks are such big entities that you don't want to, you know, dis- disturb them. You don't want to bother them. You don't want to, you know, you're a brand. You know, Pick Funk is a brand. You're, you know, you're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying to. You trying, you know, trying to change the world. You trying, you trying. Well, you know what? I hopefully I can get you back because it seems like to me with a resume so extensive, it just seems like to me that there's so much stuff left out. Um, I will ask you this: these last couple of questions here. A question for you: What do you think about the state of soul R&B and funk music right now? Um, What What do you think about you know where it's going, where it is now, and you know what is our job basically? Well, I think, you know, like some people have been hated on, but I actually appreciate people like Bruno Mars, you know, because to me, it's like he did a real R&B record. So he's bring, he's trying to put the rhythm back in blues, if that makes sense. Because yeah. in my opinion, what has been labeled R&B over the last decade is not R&B. I agree. You know what I mean? So so I'm glad that, you know, that he was He paid to, homage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, you know how people were like, well, you know, he's still in our culture. I don't. He's I not. Don't, I don't. I, don't I didn't feel that either. Yeah. So, so even even the Justins, you know, what I mean, like Justin did, you know, um, especially twenty twenty. I mean, they paid he, homage. Yeah, he did R and B records. So yeah, he did. Um, I feel like it's coming back, and then I think that 
that real musicianship is coming back, especially now that you have so many bands, like even like Snarky Puppy, for instance, you know, even mm-hmm. though that's not considered, you know, R&B, but it's like it's not traditional it's jazz. It's live either. instrumentation. Yeah, absolutely. So, which is important. Or the Corey Henrys or. or oh, the, man, or Corey, the man, that guy and that guy lives on the road. Absolutely. The yeah. Blue Notes, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Glaspers, obviously, the gla- you uh-huh. know. Um, so I think it's, I think it's coming back and I think it's just, you know it's up to us to keep supporting it, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, like, I mean, if you see something, you know, like if you see something, do something now, but like, if you see, you know, somebody advertising something, share it. It doesn't, it doesn't help you. It doesn't hurt you to, to share somebody else's, you know, show, you know, because I think a lot of times, you know, people suffer from lack of knowledge. So if you're not, wow. if you're not sure that a show is happening, you won't go. You're true. You know, but it's like, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So, but a lot of times if, if you hear, you know, like through somebody else, like for instance, I might not follow somebody, but you might. And so yeah. since I follow you, you might post something. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know it was coming. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, and and just keep uplifting everybody, each other, you know. So I think, you know, it's coming back. And you, you have advice for uh, any up and coming artists? Because right now, I'll be honest with you, I see a lot of folks like right now, uh, I've been talking to a few musicians and a lot of the folks are moving to L.A. from Sacramento and probably from all over, not just from, of course, Sacramento. I think L.A. is supposedly a hub. And like, gratefully, you said you didn't have to to do that transition. But what do you suggest for those that are making that transition? Because I always was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't know. I would almost, um, you know, while I think it's great that they do it, um, but you almost think you have to be extremely strategic and it would have to be where you you have to know somebody. Well, I you mean, know, is that the case now? What do you think about LA and what what's happening now? I mean, I think it's great to be there because a lot of times, you know, things happen at the spur of the moment. You know, like I mean, an audition. You know, like you might hear about that at the last minute. Yeah. Or you know, even you know, doing records. You know, like like for instance, I was on my way to Sacramento last night and got a call like, "Hey, e, are you in Oakland?" Mm-hmm. Like no, I'm on my way to say, damn, I need somebody to play some bass on this track real quick. Wow. You know, so mm-hmm. it happens like that in LA too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's good to be there, but you have to network. I mean, even if that's something that's like, okay, you know, I heard such and such is playing at federal bar tonight, you know, yeah, go show your face, you know, maybe, maybe you can the networking. In. It's like yeah. you said at the beginning, that's, that that's network, that's really important because at the end of the day, artists aren't calling, you know, bass mm-hmm. players. Yeah. You know, the MD is. Yeah. So, you might go sit in, and maybe the next MD for Christina Aguilera is in, is in the audience. Like, mm-hmm. like man, are you cold, man? Yeah. Hey, who you working with? Like, nobody. I just moved to LA. That's important. Give me your number. And See, and I that. think that that's great that you're like, because I find that a lot of musicians are rather introverted. Were you an introvert? Are you? A, do you consider yourself an introvert? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I don't hang out. Like most people who know me know that. Like, if if there's you know after parties and all that kind of stuff, I'm the first one in my bunk. Wow. Like. But I'm an early riser too. I'm up at six in the morning for yeah. no Okay, reason. so after tour, you're like, hey, the show is done. I'm tired. I'm burned. I'm going to bed. Listen, in my room. Night night. <laughs> Go night night. <laughs> no, really, I'm out. <laughs> no. I, I, that is amazing. I think that that's great sound advice. And I, I, you know, but I'd say, you know, what's, you know, since you've, and we're gonna wrap this up with this question here. We've been wrapping up for done, the last forty five minutes. I know minutes. because you're so interesting. <laughs> but you know, I will say so. Since you've done so much, what's your cap? I mean, is there anything that you want to do that you have not done Absolutely. musically right now? The the thing when. When I feel complete is when Legally Blind is doing the, sh- doing the shows that I'm doing with these pop artists. Oh, wow. Like, 
when we're selling out stadiums. You can do that. When we're when we're y'all you know, got the vibe, the vibration. Yeah, when we're accepting, you know, awards or performing on award shows or, you know, that kind of stuff, that's when I feel complete. Like everybody else that I'm that I'm working with, I mean, I'm grateful, I'm thankful to God for every opportunity. But, you know, my my soul's desire is for, you know, my band, because I have ownership in that. You know what I mean? It's and like, that'd be nice if they some of these folks you open up to on some of these listen, tours. Because y'all would kill that. Listen. So, I mean, when that happens, I'll be I'll be great because I know what we have, especially like, for instance, the last big show we did was in Portland for the Waterfront Blues Festival. Uh-huh. And it was funny because our front of house engineer, you know, um, you know, was telling us like people didn't know who we were. You know, it's like a big outdoor festival, you know, so um, and they have two stages going on. So like once one stage stops, then mm-hmm. the other stage will start. So um, while the other stage is playing, you know, we're doing like a line check or whatever. And so you have people over there like, hey, can you tell those guys to shut up? Who is who are they? They're going to play some R&B or something, you know. And yeah. so, so, you know, because it's like a white festival. We, we're black dudes. Yeah. And so. <laughs> So my, um, I mean, Errol is white, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he, but he's he a black. brother. He's a brother. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, just, he, just, he likes skin. But he likes skin. <laughs> but, uh, so, but Kyle was like, "Yo, man," because what genre do you guys consider yourselves for legally blind? Because you seem a little bit of everything. Oh no, I mean, we we were definitely soul on, blues. We we're definitely on some bluesy that day. You know, because yeah, y'all we, killed it. Yeah. So, so this dude is just. I mean, I'm looking in the audience, and and to me, it looks like, like if you look at some old Jimi Hendrix. Uh, footage where like everybody was just high and just every party and it was like a rave in the in the crowd. It's like, like the crowd was super hype. Yeah, like I mean super hype. And he was just like, "Yo, man, them same people that was hating, bro. Like by the end of the first song, y'all had them, bro. They was going crazy. And so to the point that we actually shot ourselves in the foot because all those people went to the merch table. Oh, <laughs> and we didn't have we didn't have any merch there. None. None. So they yeah. were looking for the merch. Yeah, it's like we lost. Where where can we buy your music? Where we, can we see you guys? Where can where's the shirt? Where's it? Oh no, it was like CD baby. You know, what I mean, but it's like you know, uh, go on our website. You know, legally blind music. You know, but it was just like a missed opportunity. But that that show kind of like happened so fast that we weren't even thinking about it. You know what I mean? So it's like, <sighs> but but you know, wow. I mean, just that's just you know a testament though. Like, okay, we gotta. Yeah, you know. so so you've been saying that as well, long as the Lord slow down these schedules so we can make it all happen. Yeah, I got I got the mortgage too though, so you know, <laughs> don't slow the down. The Lord got the mortgage, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. but I mean, or like literally it can just take somebody like, uh, listen, um, you know, I'm in, I'm investing in this, so how much will it take for you to come off the road? Say you know, that. that that's stuff, hey, that's like, what I'm talking about. Yeah, so. Man. You know, then, you know, like these people who be trying to, Book is in Sacramento, but like you know, I, this all I got. Can y'all come? I swear, hey, can y'all I know come y'all from a bucket coming. of chicken. And, it uh, was not. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, no, that was. Wait, let me not say your manager's name because uh, she was like, uh, you know, she was really nice though. She was good know. people. No, she was really good. People. She wasn't trying to break the bank, but you know, we got we have people traveling from far places, well, and you know, and you gotta you know. Travel well, I expenses. guess, well, maybe one day I might be able to get up to that price where I can get legally blind. Oh, you got it now. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this studio. You got it. <laughs> you got it. You know? uh, no, but you know what? To see, me, it's always timing, too, because I think, too, you guys were on the road. See, she got the Fire TV edition 
It uh, hasn't TV. gone up. They're getting ready to bring that up. I'm getting the guy coming out. But I'm but saying, if you, but if you sell that, you can afford legally blind. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, saying, no, but yeah. actually, I think your price was extremely reasonable. I was thinking actually more venue was where my issue was. Got you. Uh, because I feel like you know, music. I, honestly, I thought your price was very solid. Okay. Um, what wasn't solid was the venue price. Gotcha. That they were giving me for the venue. I thought that that was kind of, especially when they knew I had a history of doing good shows. Right, and, right. You know, when they see you making money, they're but like, oh, we're going to bring up the price. Yeah, but you know what? I feel like this, you know, when it's supposed to happen, it will. And that's how I feel. Yeah, I'm so. kind of a vibration person, but I'm also a person that, you know, especially now, I think it's very important just to uh, uh, push live instrumentation and, and something new. Right. I think that a lot of times we get used to monotony, doing the thing, same things and, and listen, going to the same venues. And I think especially being that you guys from the Yay, it's like, wow, the Bay Area. Right. And then knowing that you guys have done so much and accomplished, me, accomplished so much and right. that black imagery out there, right. you know, Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think I think the hardest part, though, like, for instance, we can make it make sense if we did a run. You know what I mean? So just say if, True. We're, if we're like, okay, we're playing Sacramento today, then we're playing Oakland tomorrow, then we're playing Modesto. The I agree. Day. The problem is a lot of these venues are like, you know, you can't play within a certain mile radius within 90 days or something yeah, I wouldn't it's care. Like, but that's that's kind of stuff that, you know, like a Yoshi's. The Bay Area, they know. do. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah so. I wouldn't care. That's why I would get it out to Yoshi's. Right. You yeah, know, but, we're okay But with the them. thing about it is, like, even if it's after, it doesn't matter to them because they figure, like, okay, well, if you play uh, Yoshi's on a Friday night and then play Sacramento on a Saturday night, the Sacramento show still could affect their sales because, you True. know, so that's how yeah, they're looking at it. Yeah, I could give them like so. a 15-day window, 30-day window. No, they, but they try to get further out, so that's the problem, so. That is problematic. That is, yeah. but probably, I guess you'd have to start with us and then do the next day at Yoshi's or something like that. Yeah, but it's, it still don't matter to them, but that's why, like, when we do this run, they won't be in the equation. Yeah, <laughs> I get it, I get it, but I hope, I am praying that I can get you guys down here, um, even collabing with another promoter i know there's Let's a couple promoters i've mentioned and stuff like that but you know what i really want to say it is really truly uh an honor to have you here today Bless and you. uh yeah not like real also real man you like humble as shit like i'm like who is this you know man vibe and everything you just the truth and uh i i really uh wish you continued blessings and just I'm very grateful you have any closing what? quotes is there like a famous pick phone quote that hey, you always, hey, you know, get off the phone with, you know, something you always say to folks. No, you know, not really. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm rocking my girl's shirt, you know. Oh, by faith, faith 365, yeah. You know, that's how, that's how I walk by faith. I think you that's know? a good model. And pay your tithes. Pay the Lord's tithes. Uh-huh. You Amen. better pay them. Listen, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a witness. Yeah, so I, 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 about to, I ain't about to preach you. I'm a witness at work. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you uh, sticking with me. It's been a while here. Uh, wow, we hour hour and 40 minutes what is jesus i'm about to be divorced Lord. <laughs> no we don't you're not, you're not gonna be divorced it's all good she's like used to this you probably interview with a lot of folks i'm imagining but um i want to thank you so much for uh, joining us here on cloud nine and straight shot for those of you guys who want to uh follow mr pick funk you could probably just find out what whatever artist is playing right now he's playing for them i'm sure nice. like <laughs> but uh where can they reach you uh pick funk if they are looking for uh where your next dates are with Legally Blind and uh, just Pick Funk in general. Everything is Pick Funk. You know, my website is pickfunk.com. Uh, That's P I K Funk. Yep. Um, 
Facebook is Pick Funk. Uh, Instagram is Pick Funk. Okay, Everything is, we it's see consistent. you. It's Pick Funk. It's uh, the continuity. It's consistent. I see that. I see that. I see that. Well, you are greatness. You are a legend, and it's so beautiful to see uh, just an amazing black man coming on here and just, oh man, just just your whole vibe and just everything you've done. You know, um, thank you for sharing your story and uh, just being so down and humble. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you are welcome. God I was loud country. right there. Why was I loud right there? Country. Hey, <laughs> yeah, right. Even though I'm from the Bay Area. Thank you guys so much. Worldwide listeners, be sure to check Pick Funk out, www.pickfunk.com. He's check also- out that metamorphosis in <laughs> Vegas. I'm telling you, you won't be mad at yourself. Man. Janet is... is She's snatching wigs. She's snatching wigs. Edges. Edges gone. Listen, you know, 53 years old, killing y'all. Oh, my gosh. She looks amazing, too. Absolutely. All you guys do. All you guys look like you've been eating good. That healthy stuff. You're probably a vegan. (laughs) Man, I'm bacon. I know. Oh, well, well, well. But you know what? We will check out that tour. And uh, be sure to check out this humble soul, this amazing, legendary soul, uh, Mr. Eric Pickfunk-Smith. www.pickfunk.com. Uh, dot com and legally blind. Uh, be sure to check them out. You can Facebook uh, as well, right? That's, that's blind. B L Y N D. Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, they're, they're just they're just great. His brother, everybody, you, your whole family, y'all amazing. Thank you so y'all much. Y'all amazing. So thanks again. Take care, y'all. Be sure uh, to check me out, uh, the queen of podcasting, so I call myself. I'm trying to be humble. I'm trying to be humble because, you know, actually there's a lot of great podcasters I've been inspired by. Uh, but the Podcast Empress, my name is Shadia, a.k.a. Uptown Judy Brown. They call me Miss Deja Sunflower Divine. We hope to check you out. Once again, Eric Pickfunk Smith in the building. We thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. Continue to support this uh this music thing, live instrumentation, and what it's all about. Uh, go ahead and, and check Pick Funk out again. He got that groove going. That groove, right? Keep it in the groove. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Take care. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Peace. Take care. Peace, peace, peace.